race fans, it's time for those most famous words in motorsport. Another edition of Race 22 Ra- Ra- Radio. In-depth coverage of all your favorite late model stock car racing action from all perspectives. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Race 22 Radio is hosted by Race22.com founder, Mr. Langley Austin. Come in, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Come on! Race 22 Radio is co-hosted by Performance Center Racing Warehouse President, Mr. Roger Johnson. Just keep your foot on the gas and drive right by him on the outside. You told me nobody goes to the outside on turn four. If you go to the outside, you can hold it. With special co-host, Crazy Corey Latham. Sit back, buckle in, and hold on tight. Race 22 Radio is coming right at you at full throttle. And now your host, Mr. Langley Austin. We're here, Race 22 Radio, live from uh, the Performance Center Racing Warehouse in uh, Statesville, North Carolina. Um, we still don't have a studio, but we, it is in the works. Yeah, right? we're getting there. Uh, they've uh, started moving stuff around here, so uh, we're getting a studio built here at uh, Performance Center Racing Warehouse. So, you know, I mean, nobody knew that the show was going to last until the ninth episode. So, I guess now that we're here, we can go on and just yeah, we make, it make it the rest it this of the year. Far. Yeah, we keep going for a little bit. Right, right. You know, uh, good stuff to talk about this week too. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's there's uh, there's all kinds of things to talk real. about this week. So uh, racing is uh, alive and well in this region. Um, South Boston and uh, Hickory opened up this weekend. Uh, Myrtle Beach had a race. Uh, Garraway also opened up on Sunday. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about from pretty much everywhere. Right, a lot of news. I mean, you know, a lot but the of biggest juicy news, right? For sure, biggest news of the week is that you were at a race. Everybody's laughing because they know it's true. I was there. Uh, right, right. Well, until until you left. Well, I, did. Well, I was there until I left, sure. Yes. You're uh, right. Which was, which was not the end of the race. Well, it was right for the late model race. I didn't. I left right well, before the Well, there, the there was a couple of divisions in between there. No. Yes. I stayed. I was there for the limited debacle. Yeah. Everybody yeah. piled up. That's about as far as you made it. Uh, yeah, right. After that, I said yeah. I had enough. Yeah, you uh, rolled on out the gate. I had I had dinner I was supposed to make, too. Yeah, I know. I, I saw pictures of that. <laughs> Langley was giving me a hard time about me leaving at 1030 at night to go have dinner with my family. So I started sending him pictures of what we were eating. Yeah. Pretty good times. He told me that he would have probably left with me if he'd have known. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was good stuff for sure. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it was worth it, and it looked like it was. It was. So. It was pretty good. Um, you missed uh, you missed some excitement there at Hickory, yeah. though. I saw the video again today. 
Did they have actual video of anybody over there fighting? No, yeah. I ain't seen it. Yeah, they, well, they were kind of tucked a little bit behind the trailer, but there was quite a few blows being swung and looked yeah. like a little tacklage maybe in there. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody else told me that there, you know, nothing really happened to, you know, over there. Yeah, nothing really happened. They were just cops was moving them. I said, I don't think that's how it went. No, uh, I, I, I talked to him this morning. You talked to who? Charlie Watson this morning. <laughs> yeah. Seven forty five or something. Who was I mean him and Lee Wait, were, no, were no, you, right. you you didn't talk to him at seven forty five. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. weren't awake for that. No, like, he wake I, you up. I, I the difference, right, is like I have to be here. You oh, I forgot because Aaron, Aaron's not here anymore. Right. You it doesn't matter. Here. I'm still here. <laughs> right. I'm still here, Mr. One thirty in the afternoon. I was already on the road at one thirty today. Come okay. on, man. I get up early on show day. Listen. I was up at like eleven thirty. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> right. 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 Went to bed at four, up at noon. You know, it's hard to throw me under the bus for getting up late when I don't care. <laughs> I you know. know I mean? Me just, neither, really. Uh, I wish I could stay I, in bed all day. I am That'd sure. Be awesome. I am sure. Um, I guess uh, the first thing we need to do is go over to uh, Doc and uh, let him get is a check here? of the news here. Yeah, he's here. You know, we, we'll talk about who's not here. Yeah, I, I did show up. Yeah. I clocked in. Wow, yeah. nice. Good. I got my, uh, my my card over there by the time clock. There's probably right. nothing to talk about in the news, right? <laughs> uh, just slightly a whole lot. We're good. We're looking good slightly over here. You ready? Tell us about it. All right. Race, race, race. race. 22. Race. race, 22 Radio. All right, let's talk about some racing news. Finally, the tracks are heating up, and a lot of these tracks have been fast. But first, let's go to Caraway Speedway. Big Money Matt Hirschman lived up to that nickname on that beautiful yesterday. What a beautiful day for, for racing nice. uh, at Caraway Speedway. Uh, $5,000 for the winner for the modified uh, tour. I think that was the big tour, right. modified, modified tour. Racing tour. Yeah, uh, 21000 was posted. His... Uh, Part was 5000 so not bad for a day's work. Plus, they were down at Myrtle Beach. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on. But that was their 54th season opening, and uh, so it looks like they had a pretty pretty good crowd, good yeah. lot of cars. Pits looked the, full, and yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the sections of grandstands looked really full. I don't know well, about good. the Good. I'm real glad, and the weather was beautiful. So uh, the modified, 602 Modified Tour also uh, got uh, underway. Dean Louder uh, was the winner in that, 35 lapper. 602 Super Limited Division, Austin Harris was the big winner. Um, Chase Robertson, I think he's, what, a year older than Daniel? Yeah, Is he 15 like or 16? I don't know. I mean, he's I, right. He's, he's young. He's young. Yeah, him and Daniel are right close to the same age, so Daniel keeps saying, if he can race, why can't I race? Well, I can't. Show me the money. <laughs> if your dad wasn't cheap, right. you'd be able to race, Daniel. <laughs> I just want to be clear. <laughs> uh, Chase did finish second. Good job for those folks. Corey Rose third, Amber Lynn fourth, and Carson Ware round out the top five. That was the um, 602 Super Limited at Caraway Speedway. And the new division, Mac Little claimed that first inaugural uh, victory in the new sportsman division, division Sorry, <laughs> ahead of Ju- uh, Justin Hicks, Blaze Sprinkley. That's um, – Brad's son. Yep. Uh, race another, uh, uh, you know, big racing family there at Caraways. Josh Louder was in the top five. Heath Causey. So, uh, look like that was up, got off to a good start. Oh, absolutely. I think they got every division had a pretty decent start. There. Yeah, good. I'm so glad for them. The next event for the Southern Modified Racing Series, the both 602 division, is Saturday, March 23rd at Southern National uh, Motorsports Park in Kenley. Race time is 6 p.m. The next event for Caraway Speedway is Saturday, April 6th, racing at 7. They're going to have the uh, 602 Super Limited, 602 Modifieds, and along with the limited sportsmen, mini stocks, and the whole shooting match that is, what I say, April 6th at 7 p.m. at Caraway. So 
uh, some more racing planned for those folks, and hopefully they continue uh, the big momentum they got to get the year started. Myrtle Beach Speedway, I tell you, some good close competition there. 27 late models strong at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Sam Yarborough took the pole with a 20.358, nowhere close to the track record of a 19.80, but the top 24 cars, Langley, separated just a tick over half a second. That's pretty tight. All these late model stock fields are really tight everywhere you go. I mean, you're not going to get a big gap anywhere. Competition is really good. Sam Yarborough did go on to victory uh, at uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway. Tommy Lemons Jr. finished second. Nick Sanchez finished third. David Roberts finished fourth. Rounding out your top five, Justin Milliken at the Myrtle Beach Speedway. You know, talked about the um, NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds at Myrtle Beach on that Saturday. 32 Modifieds at Myrtle Beach. And I understand they put on a pretty good show. Doug Kobe, Kobe uh, was the victor. Let's see. the Burt Myers was the top guy from the south, I do believe. Finished seventh in that race. That's yeah, about typical for South versus yeah. North. That's about where yeah. they are. Some of the yes. guys went to Caraway too, yeah. Yeah, yep. Five, yep. Six, yeah. They had a yep. good car, uh, good car count there. So I know you guys are gonna be getting really into details with the Hickory Motor Speedway Twin Forty Lappers this past weekend. Um, I, you know, my boss here, Langley, I tried to get some information. He failed me, so I had to go to the track announcer, Jason Sherrill. So appreciate Jason for uh, stepping in and giving me some good quality information that I was looking for. I was busy listening to Lee, <laughs> Lee Falk's stories. I'll just be honest with you. They were well, I sure ones. do appreciate Jason for stepping up to the plate for me. 17 late models strong at the, uh, the Hickory Motor Speedway, so really glad to see that. Qualifying the track was fast. Top six cars broke the old record. The old record was Josh Berry did it 2016 with the 14796. And I remember I was I was asking you know you and and Jason gave me the information. I remember Matt McCall had the late model record for a long time with 14812. So okay. uh, not sure the year, but I remember he had it that for a long time. The new track record at Hickory Motor Speedway for the late model stocks, Austin McDaniel with a 4.666. That's pretty blazing. Well, 4.66 I mean, uh, would four, be your holding. 14.66. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, no wonder the car sitting over here needs a clip. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's clipless yes. over there. thank you for that. 14.666. Um, <laughs> um, the the car store, Lake Model Stock, uh, probably will go, get crushed because it's a 15.030. think uh, the, the car store going to come in and crush it. I have no idea. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know why it was so fast. We'll talk to, to Lee and Michael here in a little <laughs> bit and so figure fast. out why it was so fast. All right, the top five in the twin races. Race number one, Jacob Hebner was your winner in race number one. Thomas Bean, as you see the story on uh, race22.com, really trying to go for a track championship. Justin Carroll finished third. Bradley McCaskill made the trip over to get some track time for next week's big race. Uh, he finished fourth. Charlie Watson, Mr. Excitement on the Saturday night. He rounded out the top five in race number one. Race number two, Adam Lemke with his first ever win, running the Junior Motorsports car. So glad to see him rebound from, I don't want to say it was a disaster at Southern National. I'd but say they would probably consider it a disaster. He, he had some troubles, had some issues, and good to see him bounce back and get in victory lane so that way he could quickly put that bad you know week Absolutely. behind him. So glad for him, you know, uh, over here racing in the south with us a really – Really excited for him. So, Chris Huspeth, now second place. Ryan Millington did finish second, but he's out, uh, from what I understand. Greg uh, Marlowe had some good tires on for that cheater. second race. No, okay. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> now you're getting your ass with <laughs> I, I probably am. Yeah, Doc did not report I, that. I, I, I'm just giving no, the top five. I want to be clear on that. Let those was, guys do the talking. He knew what he was doing. He studied somebody. They had, their tires were so messed up that he knew they were going to do something but had to take a shot, I heard today. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I want right. to see if yeah, I'm sure he'll be on here to uh, tell us all about it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We yeah. I, I haven't seen him on here yet, though. <laughs> but uh, Chris now is, uh, finished in second. Justin Carroll third. Connor Mosack uh, finished fourth. Thomas Bean, another top five. Uh, he, he finished fifth in the race number two. Gage Painter, with new track record in the limited late model with the 15192. The late Jeff Hageman had it since 1992, so that was a long-running uh, track record. So that was pretty cool. St. Uh, Zachary St. Ange finished second. Uh, Gage did go on to finish uh, first in the limited late model race. Dominant. Yeah, was he? Ugh. It looked like he had a fast car. Um, That's dominant. <laughs> Josh That's Kos- like what we're here for. <laughs> dominant. Yeah, he Josh Kosick uh, finished third. Kyle Barnes fourth. And Mitch Walker round out the top five. And understand they had a first lap uh, uh, melee. So I know you guys are going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> South Boston Speedway, lots of excitement up there. Got uh, all kinds of things going on. Uh, South Boston Speedway, they had twin 100 lappers, correct? Yes. That's a lot of racing for the dollar up there. Boy, they put on a good show up there. Lee Pulliam, short retirement. Now, wasn't that the talk last year at the uh, beginning of the year? Talking about he wasn't going to race no more and he's going to retire? That was on fake news. You didn't get that off Fake news, CNN, CNN must have reported it. Yeah, I got you. That's, that's not what we said. <laughs> But uh, Lee Pulliam, winner in uh, race number one. Peyton Sellers finished second. Philip Morris third. Mike Looney uh, rounds out the top four. Austin Thaxton started 11th and finished fifth. Uh, Philip Morris wins race number two. Started seventh. They do an invert there, correct? Yeah. Yeah, every NASCAR track does. Okay. And, <laughs> oh, thank you. You it's, report. It's, it's mandated. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Peyton Seller finished second. <laughs> Doc got him all a, kinds of spun Doc, out of here. Doc now. needs a new rear clip. <laughs> uh, Thomas uh, Scott finished third. Good to see him up in the top three. <laughs> Led some early on. Austin Thaxton uh, finished fourth. Jason Barnes started 11th and finished fifth. Now, for the track championship, they have the passing points and all that good right. stuff. So, Justin Barnes uh, probably got some good passing points, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jason, yep. So, yeah, what did I say? Justin. Justin, Jason. We're going to have to start. It's close enough. We're going to have to start breathalyzer It started with a J. (laughs) (laughs) Start breathalyzer Another track record fail in qualifying at the uh, South Boston Speedway. Peyton Sellers, new chassis, new hot rod, which I know you guys are going to be talking about. New track record with a 14.676. So, uh, our man uh, Andy Marquis was uh, in the uh, pits and getting victory lane and all that good stuff. Let's hear from Lee Pulliam, who was the winner in race number one, short-lived retirement, as we said. He was happy to be in victory lane, but not happy that the car got a little bent up. Disappointing for all the guys. I just made a mistake there. I went to the top. They were holding me up pretty bad, racing side by side, so trying to go to the top, and they just didn't. I got in the marbles, and it took off on me, so pretty disheartening right there. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be in victory lane. I mean, this is the first new car I've had in nine years, and feels good to be back in victory lane. That's where we need to be, and I feel like we got a good piece that's going to be capable of winning a bunch of races the rest of the year, but we didn't want to bend it up on the first night, that's for sure. In victory lane, but, boy, he did not sound happy. No. Well, that wasn't in victory lane. That was actually after he after, got it bent up okay. in the second race. But, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know. come on. Yeah. Hey, hey, you did do a good job of splicing that all together there because I listened to the original and it didn't sound like him. Yeah, that's, so I had to make it make sense. I, I know. It sounded good. All right, Thank moving you. on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
Philip Morris, winner of race number two, off to a great start in 2019, and he's focused on national championship number six. Yeah, we're going yep, we're going for six. So is everybody else here at South Austin? So uh, we got a pretty good shot, uh, a one out of five chance here. Um, brand new car today. It's now got 200 and maybe 60 laps on it, and it's going to be a great race car. There you go, brand new hot rod for Philip Morris. Philip, also, you remember when we were talking about C.E. Falk? Was it the Denny Hamlin at the halfway? Yeah, no, the Hampton Heat. The Hampton Heat. Yep. Uh, halfway in the race that uh, everybody was just you know sucking for air and trying to get dehydrated said he's over there doing jumping jacks didn't right. look like he was sweating so uh philip morris addressed the comments from ce falk which i thought was pretty cool um how philip looked during that hot uh, you know uh, agonizing weather at langley last year during that halfway break so i thought that was pretty cool not a lot of people know, uh, Steve was talking about Langley last year. I go to the gym every day, Monday through Thursday, every day, and run over six miles on the elliptical, and I work out. And it's the only way I can race Peyton close and not lose my stamina. That's the only way I can race Lee. It's a, it's, I mean, it's, that's what I fear. I, when, I'm on the, when I'm on those machines, I'm doing it 100% because I know someday it's going to pay off, and no doubt, that hot, that hot day. and. We won that race, and it was it was amazing. I, and I wanted to run 200 more. Yeah, he said he wanted to run 200 more, and everybody was looking at him like he was crazy, but they said he was cool as a cucumber. 53 years old. 53. Go old, guys. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I, you go, man. <laughs> You're going to get Lee Falk out of retirement over here. <laughs> <laughs> and as seen on Race22.com, there's been a little turmoil churning in the support camp of Philip Morris. He uh, commented on the report of Forrest Reynolds leaving the track before the race has started. Uh, Forrest left. We didn't part ways. We, we got too much business together, and I'm too big a fan of Forrest Reynolds, and I wouldn't uh, wouldn't part ways with him. I mean, he's he's a great race car driver. He's a great great builder. It just ran into a couple of misunderstandings today. Nothing we can't work out. Don't know where we'd be without him. Uh, owe him a lot. You know that last championship, taking a 53 year old guy to a national championship. That's pretty big stuff. Yep. Yes, it is. So. Lots of discussion there. Yeah, that story's pretty big stuff. I yeah. mean, you know, for them to uh And you heard it here first on race twenty two or dot com. Right, so. right. Um yeah, I mean that that's a, that's a pretty big story. We'll talk yeah. about it a little bit more. Peyton Sellers also got some sound bites from him. Thank you, Andy Marquis. Talked about racing with Thomas Scott and his new fast chassis right out of the box. Two second-place finishes. Come away, first race of the year, new track record, two second-place finishes, cars in one piece, and uh, we can make it better. We, we missed it a little bit. We knew we missed it a little bit, and uh, I think we have a good direction to go. Do you think that maybe in that second race there, you and Lee maybe had been a little too patient with the eight car? It's early in the race. He's driving the wheels off of his car, trying to get the most out of it. And we're trying to be patient. And, you know, he had a good car, but it just, um, yeah, I think Lee just got up there in the, in the dirt and the trash. And it just, he gave me plenty of room. He didn't deserve for me to just move him up the track, you know. Right. Now, if it's 10 to go, yeah, I'm going to move him up a little bit. But early in the race, he's giving me room. It's hard to wreck a guy that's giving you room, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. They work just as hard on these cars as all of us do. So um, you got to be patient around him. Uh, he was just good right in the middle of the track, unfortunately. <laughs> I like that. Showed a lot of respect for Thomas Scott, and uh, that was pretty interesting uh, comments talking about you know, hey, you know, he gave me room, so I'm gonna give him respect. So yeah, that spoke a lot about him. Right. I mean, that's Peyton. I mean, yeah, he's that's just cool. Classy guy. Period. Good stuff. Plus, you know, we had the story. Danny Willis 
Uh, you know, everybody loves it. Who don't love Danny Wills? Everybody, we need him I, after racetrack. I know the a few track. people who don't like him. <laughs> well, it's racing related, so it still counts. But uh, back in victory lane, started fourth, earned that victory. He said the competition is really close. It's tight competition there. Um, we wound up starting fourth, and uh, the longer longer we raced, the better my car got. And uh, it looked like Jessica, her car fell off a little, bit. and I was able to get a run up under and get by her. And then and then Moss come on right there at the end. Um, you know, they said he was eating me up getting in the corner, but I. I don't know if he's just driving in too hard, and I was getting to the gas a little bit better than he was. But to me, I don't know, it was a good tight race, and uh, you know, luckily we was fortunate enough to come out on top. And uh, you know, we just keep digging. Um, we try to run some more limited races, and then uh, see how the year goes, and maybe try to move up and do some more late model races too. We just see how things go. Oh, he hit on something talking about going back to the late model stock car racing. Uh, Andy asked him, "What was what? What's it going to take for you to get back to late model stock car racing?" Yeah, you know, um, it's all about the money. Uh, you know, to run limited is about money, but it's a little bit cheaper on us to be able to run limited. Uh, you know, I th- feel like to be competitive in a late model, we need to change our motor program and uh, go with a Harrington or upgrade. And right now, that just ain't in my budget. So um, we're just going to race some limited races. We might travel around, might go to A-Sum, may go to Orange County, you know, just see how things go. And uh, if the funding comes along, we might try to rent us a Harrington or something and run a few late model races this year. There you go. So that's good news. Hopefully that'll come together for him. Coming up this uh, weekend and the weeks to come, Southeast Super Trucks, Tri-County Speedway, March 30th. I think we're going to be... Yeah, yeah, we'll be there covering it. I'm not cool. sure we may add a few other things there. So. Cool beans, the Southeast Limited Late Model 602 Tour, March 23rd, Southern National Motorsports Park coming up. So if you're close to that area, be sure and support your local racetrack. Cars Tour at Hickory Motor Speedway this coming weekend, March 23rd, Late Model Stock Cars and Super Late Models. Yeah, I'm not yeah. excited about the Super Late Models, but okay. Man, you need to get excited. I want to hear some, yeah, I'm going to be there. Yeah, be there. I mean, I enjoy watching them wreck. I mean, race. <laughs> Sorry. Got, got a little confused. There. Also <laughs> starting out this uh, their season, Anderson down in South Carolina. Friday's March 22nd, Greenville Pickens. I'm interested. I can't wait to hear the reports with their combination of the limiteds and the, the late models with the one class. They'll be racing March 23rd. Hopefully we'll get some good feedback from those guys. Yeah, I may be there. I'm not really sure. I'm supposed to go to Kingsport, but I may end up at Greenville. Yeah, speaking of them, they are racing Saturday, March 23rd. So, folks, there, there you go. You got your, your um, short track action to pick from. So, I want to see everybody at uh, at a short track near you. Last news item, we've been on the baby watch. We have a baby. Zach Bruinger and his wife, Samantha, they had their baby boy. March 23rd at 8.09 a.m., 8 pounds, 7 ounces. So, congratulations, Mama and baby are doing good. There you go. We finally had that baby. Yeah, they had some pictures up, and if they yeah. hadn't had Zach in there, it'd been good, some good photos. So. <laughs> Beautiful baby boy. Beautiful baby boy, no doubt. And that's all we got, bruh. All right. Well, that'll that'll do it for uh, for the news section, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, he just listen. He just graduated middle school last week. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, Get man. tight with my my fourteen year old man. He, he got he said, "Bruh, bruh, right." He bruhs me to death. Right, <laughs> literally. Right, we're we're I, hoping. I bruh him to death. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, does Brady say that? Yes, same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it happened. How old is he? Now? It, he's twelve. It happened one one time the other day. <laughs> Probably not happening again. 
<laughs> you don't like it? Yeah. No, we, we chit-chatted about it. I'm, I'm cool, but I'm his dad, not his not brother. His it depends, right. Yeah, it depends like, on the, know, the setting. Yeah, no, I told it doesn't him. really depend on the setting at all. <laughs> yeah, it has no, the setting has nothing to do with it. Right. Right, right. And yeah. uh, the other voices you're hearing here, uh, uh, Michael Falk and Lee Falk uh, from Lee, Re- Lee Falk racing and uh, development uh we'll you know get these guys in on the conversation uh here as we uh start talking about uh uh you know all the racing from this past weekend and uh and of course uh you know we'll sit and talk with them in a, in a long form discussion about their driver development program and uh, hopefully we'll hear some uh real good old stories i heard plenty of them this weekend yeah. and uh I, some of them are not repeatable here on, yeah. the, on the radio but uh, yeah yeah probably good for sure <laughs> Um, but uh, Roger, man, uh, you know <clears throat> what an interesting weekend to uh, start off. Uh, start off the yeah, week uh, two, really. really you know what well, I mean? it really kicks off the racing season because you you always have the first couple of weekends. You know, there's only one event or or two maybe. Right. And then this weekend we had you know four events this weekend, Everybody so really kind of getting in gear. Yep. Um, you know, well, let's let's start at South Boston since uh, you know probably the biggest news have come has come out of there. Um, you know the the whole uh, Philip Morris uh, Forrest Reynolds Daryl Poe deal that you can read about on Race22.com. Um, you know what's uh, what, what's your take on all that? My take is when you put people that are used to winning at a high level together, and they they all have some kind of ego. They wouldn't be successful if they right. didn't. And I think a lot of times that those egos spill over, and right. that's what it is. You know, I, yeah. I think that. It becomes how much are you willing to take, how much are you willing to lose, how much are you willing to let somebody think it's this guy or it's that guy. Or right. it's what, but but that's a team. Yeah. Right? Is That's what a team is about. So, right. you know, I, I find it hard. I, I think this has been an eternal struggle between, um, you know, chassis builders and motor builders, and I, yeah. I wish that it wasn't that way. Right. But it was, it's like we have to have somebody to blame. Right. And if it's one, if it's not one, it's the other, and yeah. there's somewhere in the middle. It could never be. And just, it seems they're know. always blaming each other. Oh, hundred percent. And so. I think it's terrible, to be right. real honest with you. I, I think it. I mean, do you think it's terrible when you're blaming them? No, but who do, who am I blaming really? I I don't. My thing is that I don't. I leave the motor stuff to the people that do motors. Right. I, I, I can't object. I don't do motors well. I know enough about I worked at Gertie Engines for two years when I was on the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Tour with Darren Pittman all winter long. So I can get myself in just enough trouble with right. motors or keep myself out of trouble with motors. But for me to say, I could change a valve spring at the racetrack. I can <laughs> set timing. I can, you know, put a cam in if we have to or, or, or drop right. a distributor in. But, uh, or a magneto. I, I just don't. It's not my gig. So, therefore, I leave that to them. And I think, right. I, I just don't, I think it should be the same. I, I think without one, the other one is terrible. doesn't matter. don't matter. If you, if you don't have both today, you're exactly. beat. Yeah. If you don't have both, you're beat. It's just that, it's, sure. it's that, it's that what class. Do you, what do you think happens here? You know, Forrest, you know, leaves the racetrack. You think they go hunky-dory 100%. right back to the racetrack? Yeah, I, I don't think so. They're competitors. I don't think so. <clears throat> I was pretty impressed with the way that, Philip handled that whole interview, I and I think kids out there listening to this and listening to that interview that Doc just played should really take notes. Obviously, he's a professional, and what right. he said about yeah. Forrest, you know, being his being his boy, right. and right. you know, 
everybody argues at the racetrack. You know, me and Dad go at it all the time. Right, but that's part of the still deal. Still my dad. Still got to come yeah. back to work the next day. Well, and I think he did exceptionally good with that interview, considering the fact that I don't think he knew that Andy knew when Andy asked him that question. Yeah, so he was a little – you could Caught tell he was a little yeah. off guard at the yeah, beginning yeah, of yeah. it and then just kind of rolled through it. Yeah, I mean – I, I agree with you, Roger. There, everybody that everybody – who is anybody with any success at any racetrack has somewhat of an ego. Right. And sometimes when it gets stepped on, obviously you, you feel a little bad. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I have been on both sides of that fence, and I totally agree with both of them. Uh, you know, okay, maybe we need a little motor, maybe we need a little chassis, but they'll get it worked out. They're both good guys. I don't care what they're paying them. I still don't think it's about the money for most of them guys. Right. No, I mean, it I don't doesn't. Think so it does has nothing to do with it, right? No, so right. It, just, right, it just becomes right, right. to you want to be the guy to you want to win races. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't want to be the guy working with the guy who's won five national championships right. and is working on right. the sixth? You know, right? I mean, that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty tall. It doesn't benefit you know, me to, to get, work with you know? him, but it would, well, sure, sure. I mean, I, you know, I think that's also people don't think. Uh, that's a big jump for Forrest, too, though, because if he goes out and doesn't run well in your stuff. Right. Well, I mean, you, you know, know, and he was at Hickory. And, right. And he was there with Justin Carroll, and Justin Carroll didn't really perform what I thought was usual for him. Uh, he looked a little off. Maybe they're trying to work the bugs out of that new car, you know, whatever it is. But, I mean, he just didn't look like uh, didn't look like he did before in his other car, you know, same as same as his, uh, you know. His PRW car. car. Yeah, you could say that. I, <laughs> I wouldn't go in there. But, I said you know, it. <laughs> it, it was in victory lane at the end of the first race. Right. So, I mean. Yeah, it, but it's not about that. That's the one thing that I learned a long time ago. And I, I get persecuted for it every time I say it, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, everybody, if they'll work hard enough, can beat everybody else with everybody else's stuff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Car's a car. Doesn't but, know what it is. Right. Right. Don't get me wrong. I think some do better than others. Some do. Right. I mean, the thing that I wish is I wish that back when Lee Pulliam was beating everybody with my car, that we'd had a big thing right on the side because 90% of the world didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So my question is, is it about the car? People... It's what you're used to working with. It's the packages that you've developed. It's the, you know, you look, it makes it even better for what Lee's actually doing with what he's going after right there. He's got new cars. He's going, that's the hardest time. The new chassis is the hardest time when you switch something or you have new car blues and, you know, trying to get everything unkinked. And I I just, I, I think it'll all work itself out. They're both competitors. I think that, I think that Forrest has got a good product. He's got a good product. I, I think... He's found a nice little niche, and he's, he's winning races, and, 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 and I applaud him for that. He's worked hard. That guy's put in a ton of work. He's worked his hind end off on them right. cars for that kid, mm-hmm. for not not only for Repco, but for, you know, right. Phil right. too. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I hope they can work it out, but I, I just don't know. I just, I, you know, and, you know, obviously I don't, uh, I can't print everything. No, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, sure you know more than The parts else. that I didn't print, uh, I, don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that they'll be working that out. I, I, you know, I won't say any of those, but I, I just don't uh, because those are, you know, there, there's times in the conversation, and and you've asked me before, I know. hey, this is I know. off the record right, right now, you know what I mean? right? Um, so, and and I just don't, I don't know. I, I give just a get lot of it away. I just can't. I'll give 99 percent of it away. I just can't. Like there's one right, or two percent. Right. I feel like I got to keep. Well, and I, and I think that's the way everybody is, and that's, I, you know, I just don't know. I, you know, and and, I, and you know, Phillips' response, classy as it was, I think, you know, I don't think he would. I don't know that he'd even answered that question if it was asked in another setting. Yeah. I, d- I don't even know. I think he'd have been like, nah, I don't want to talk about that. Or you by somebody I mean? else. 
Maybe that too. You know, you just never know. I mean, yeah. it, it was the perfect scenario. Uh, Andy did a good job uh, getting that for us and uh, the rest of the audio that we got from up there. Of course, I was at Hickory. I didn't get any audio, so y'all didn't hear any of that. You, you know? did live tweeting. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know that you'd call that live. I was about five minutes behind, so, you know. Was that cause <laughs> because I was Wi-Fi? talking to you. <laughs> was that because the Wi-Fi was down? <laughs> yeah, the Wi-Fi was down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi. That was funny. It was funny. Yeah. I, you're going to make me go places I don't want to go. Uh, come on. <laughs> was race monitor down too? Uh, race monitor is always down at Hickory. <laughs> I couldn't find it on iRacing last week either, so I don't know. Need wow. to call Kevin. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm conflicted about the iRacing thing. You know, from a racetrack standpoint, they get nothing. They get nothing out of it as far as financially and the the right. iRacing sales. That I don't. I don't. That didn't. I, I understand. I get that. I get what you're going to say. 100. percent Their sponsors get something out of it. But at the end of the day, the well, only the current ones when they when they scan it. You know yeah, that made that changes every year. Yeah, but for um, the season, you'd at least get your money worth. Right, right. But you know, is that a benefit you can sell? Because you, you have to know ahead of time to be able to know to get the billboards up. You know, so you're you're not able to sell that. You it's know, a what process. Mean? You can't and just you should it. if you right. make the right foundation. You probably could. Uh, I don't think so. Like, uh, I don't think so. But uh, anyway, we're getting off top topic here. We always get off topic. Um, yeah, we do. We Multi group racetrack. That's uh, off topic. Speaking of, yeah. <laughs> let's Jeez. do that. Well, let's just go on and go there. Go I on mean, and go there. I mean, dive right in. You you brought it up. You well, dive I'm right in. I'm annoyed about it. I mean, I think anybody that went to Hickory got ripped off. Really? Oh, wow. One group. I was there as an op. It was terrible. I mean, it was definitely listen, one group. It was the greatest thing that ever happened for Roger Johnson on week two. Yeah. I got two of my cars in here that got clips on them that need clips, but but. For the fan, at one point, I looked at Langley and said, why don't they just throw the checkered on this thing? There isn't two people. I mean, Speed no, has a lot to do with that, too. The, I mean, the faster the right, checkered, the, the worse racing fast, is. Right, right, that's true. But you couldn't even get off of the bottom. Yeah. Because you could stay there. I, I asked four drivers, and they all told me exactly the same thing. We could come off of the bottom for a half a lap, and we were done. Right. Because yep. our tires picked up so much. That so I'm sure you're gonna see. I think that was the crack seal stuff. And fine, but you know we've been there before with the, the crack sealer. Uh, I just don't think, and it just ha- I think this has a lot to do with the weather. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's not been as as much off season testing right. to pick up the crack seal stuff right, right. as before. Yeah, because it rained every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I mean, let's face it. When and when it, it's so fast on the bottom, uh, if if the race pace would have slowed down or qualifying would have slowed down two or three tenths, I think there would have been an outside. But when a guy's running, right. you know, no, I you, agree. usually at, at Hickory you run 16, 16, 10, 16, 20s in a race pace in a late model. But the other night when you're running 50s and 60s in the race pace and 70s all right, it's hard to get on that top. Right. It's, right. T- it's hard. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it will be better this week, get more cars out there and, and run the top a little bit in practice. Yeah. Yep. It'll pick up. Right. Go ahead, Roger. You you get you, you look like you got something just, to say. I mean, I it doesn't matter if this is pre-sealer, post-sealer, flipped over sealer, middle of freaking <laughs> July seal. It doesn't matter. It's this is the same thing that's happened ten years in a row now, since two thousand nine. I can tell you that what's happening over there is the same thing that's happened every year. And I'm pro. I'm pro Hickory. You don't think that's happened other places though? Well, I do, but why yeah. are we still going through it? Why? Like, well, the, the, there was. I thought the crowd was down. I'm not dogging I, I it. I didn't think so. 
you thought the crowd was up? Yeah, I, crowds are tough. I mean, you, yeah, you hold seven thousand people or whatever there. It's hard to to really tell what a crowd is. I, I wasn't intrigued with the racing. I didn't. I, I was. No, but it's because you left before all the good racing happened. <laughs> uh, I mean, what the heck, man? I didn't leave before all the good I racing. Mean, I'm just telling you, Charlie Watson knew how important the bottom was. Oh, for sure. That's all I'm going to tell you. Well, there I mean, wasn't nobody that drove by anybody. The sure. only way you got them was if you could get them loose enough to get them up off the bottom. But you know what? You, you say that, but uh, Millington got under Lemke twice or three times, and uh, what he didn't. He didn't go backwards, so <clears throat> he didn't get by him. So what happened? Yeah, tell us. I don't know. I wasn't there. Somebody tell me what happened. Come on, man. <clears throat> yeah, he won. wasn't there either, so he can't <laughs> tell you either. So. I mean, well, you explain it to me then. I, I don't know. Lemke was able to stay there, and I don't know. You, you, you say it was one groove. You say he had to be on the bottom. Yet, so you're telling me that Lemke rolled around that on the top? No. Are you saying that he cleared him? They were side by side. He's in the second groove. No. Getting underneath somebody's left rear and getting beside them is two completely different things. I mean, he took- I'm pretty for sure that anybody that got out of the bottom. Ended up, you're, you're saying that Justin Kerr wasn't that good. I'm not even saying it about my car. He got off no, the bottom and was screwed. I didn't say he wasn't that good. I just said he wasn't as good as he normally is. Right, but he gets off the bottom and you're done for 10 laps until you can get your stuff cleaned back up to where you can get back to the bottom. Right. I, I don't disagree with you. but That's it. That's what I think happened to him. I don't think he was terrible. I just think he got, if you can't, if you couldn't be right on the bottom and roll in the corner, it was so fast that you were in trouble. Right. You were going to pick up so much debris from the top. That whole crash, bang, swain, McDaniels. Well, that that had a lot to do with that, too. But, I mean, let's look at the limited. I know we're going to talk about that, but let's look at the limited crash. That really come from picking up the rubber on the top. 100%. 100%. He got up a little bit out of the top. The truck, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I don't don't even know what happened in the truck race, gosh. That was wild. Yeah, I mean. It always is. I just think. I just, them. once you get them tires all full of that sealer, it's going to be a mess. And I know it happens, and I know we have to seal the racetracks to make it better, but I still think we got to figure out a way to either keep it broomed off or, you know, something so that you can race up there. But they did now. They did blow it off. I witnessed that. Before, the, before we started practice, they blowed the racetrack off from the top down. Right. So that stuff is just keep peeling up, you know. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Thomas Scott says uh, that uh, that happened at South Boston this weekend as well uh, with the crack sealer. I guess they were using crack sealer there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Castle, of course, from Kingsport, uh, said that they don't use any crack seal on concrete. <laughs> that's, a, that's a win. <laughs> you just run over the cracks. Is that the way they do? Um, Thomas Bean said that uh, they made it. Uh, he, speaking of Thomas Bean, I'm gonna just Thomas stop right Bean. here, okay? We, we we was talking to him, you know, just giving him some crap, and we said that we was gonna have him on the show with us tonight. Said he wouldn't. And stay. Uh, he said he couldn't stay because uh, he had a free blooming onion at Outback. So. <laughs> and a bunch of gear. Well, he's gonna be happy. There was a hundred times. <laughs> well, tell on him the I'm gear. taking the yep. gear back now. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And I'll use stay. it. Please yeah. do. Please do. Because he, he don't deserve it. He now. asked a hundred times if we could make sure that we got his gear. <laughs> no, I'm training for a blooming onion. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't want to stay. <laughs> Thomas, you're gonna have to uh, bring him an onion. The funny part about that is I sold him them gears last year. Borrow it back. Barry it back. <laughs> Way to go, awesome. Thomas. Appreciate it, though. That's, that's that awesome. was good. But but he said, and I and I'm thinking he's referencing, uh, um, gosh, Limke. I'm assuming. I'm not sure who he's referencing. Maybe he'll tell us. But he said they made it three wide, and he didn't get scared. I was there. 
So, well. and I think that was Lemke. I think that's who he's referring to. So, there I don't know. Go. It just, it, and that was an incredible battle. The the last, uh, I don't know, really the whole the whole uh, second uh, late model race. Uh, the last five, six, seven laps of the second late model race was. Uh, I'll say this. It was exciting. It, it was very exciting. Uh, very exciting. But nobody wanted to get off the bottom. I'll no. promise you that. No, they didn't. Millington's they didn't. car works really good down on the speed bumps, by the way. Yeah. Really? Marlo, Marlo's got a speed bump set up on that thing. It's, it's those <laughs> tires. It's those tires. He's on here oh, now, oh. so he'll tell us about uh, Greg, tell us about those speed minutes. bumps. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah we're, I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He's going to be up here in just a little bit. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk through the door. Run through the door. I would say we'd go lock it, but you said he had keys. So. Right, he's got keys. I don't, I don't think it matters. Oh, man. Uh, but that, that uh, limited, limited race, man, it turned into a fiat. Right, uh, yeah. right from the start. Yep. Uh, Josh Dark got uh, up on the outside and got turned around, and uh, man, they uh, just kept piling in there. That, so. that one car that was piled in from three days later. I don't know. What right, like he was, was an hour was and a half down. Yeah. yeah, I read somewhere on Facebook that he said he didn't have brakes. Mm-hmm. He's got I, I a gas pedal. I'll give him credit. <laughs> he definitely had a gas pedal because he, he never had had down. lifted. <laughs> he wow. never lifted. Yeah, he was <laughs> locked up on the wheel oh, for sure. Moly. I said, drove in straight world? into it too. Yeah, like, Eka, well, I'll hit you here. I, yeah. I think it's, uh, he tore up the majority of those cars. I think yeah. they had all kind I of do stopped. Too. Yeah, and, and lazy, like, laid against right, each right. other where they weren't really there. And then it was like a bonsai run. Well, yeah, I got hit so hard and lead was fine for days. <laughs> Come right out of both frame rails. And, and then bad. Kyle Barnes in 44, he goes to pull off, <laughs> pulls the guy front up, end off. It right, was great. Drives over a bunch <laughs> of people <laughs> leaving. I mean, just drove right over them. <laughs> that was fantastic. Didn't even man. care. Yeah. Good stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, I, apparently I, I drew the ire of some of the ARCA people when I referred to him as having ARCA breaks. So oh. apparently, apparently that was that was wrong. That's what uh. I said uh, on Twitter, and uh, they didn't like that. A whole ARCA lot. didn't like that. Well, I don't know about ARCA, but uh, some of the racers. Uh-huh. So. You should have just went back to legend car breaks. Yeah, well, one of the other same works. difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't like that uh, apparently. So we're making all kind of friends. Hey, that's uh, that's that's what <laughs> we're looking to terrible. do here, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, make his uh, make as many friends as we can. Man, I'll be out of business six months. Uh, I think you were already headed there anyway. Yeah, good so. point. I mean, that's why know. I keep Lee. <laughs> and they they keep you in business. Yeah, they keep no you in business either. for sure. <clears throat> oh man, um, yeah. I mean, we talked about the fight already. You know, which really, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot to it. No. Um, you know, just a couple swings here from uh, I believe it's Alan Hefner. I believe is his name. Um, you know, they escorted him out of the racetrack. Yeah. Uh, they did not escort Charlie out of the racetrack. So, um, I don't know. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I was sitting, I actually. I mean, I, more, I'm more interested to see how, if I like to know. It's a hundred dollar fine, by the way. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's what fighting is. That's what I, Greg got. So. I, I like to see. <laughs> Michael says, well, that's worth it. Give yeah. me a few punches. I'm, in. I'm interested to see how it goes further because those guys are both going to race there all year, I think. I don't think Hefner is. Oh, I thought he was again. He may, but I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I believe uh, I believe Justin Carroll told me earlier in the year that he wasn't running. Oh, I thought he was running the whole year. Because that could escalate quickly. I think Greg and, and Millington, we I can think they're so. going to travel around a little bit too, so... Yeah, no cooler heads have prevailed. Well, they're now. definitely uh, they're they're definitely out of the points now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I'm picking Thomas to win the championship over there this year. Yep. 
I'd say he's a pretty good pick. Yeah. yeah. Pretty consistent. Yes. He, he, he was really fast, too. He deserves it. You know, I'm impressed with him. It. Today he told me some things where I, I said, man, can I say that? Because I didn't know that it, this existed, but mm-hmm. I'm not a driver, I guess. I, he t- was telling me about how he signed up on the on the Ford program mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. and he gets uh, receives a for being the yes, highest finishing Ford, right. yep, yep. he gets a Ford is gives back a hundred percent. They need to. He, he told me that was one of the things he's got it broken down. I was so proud of him. He's got it broken down so far that he told me that was one of the things that led to him being able to run Hickory mm-hmm. because his thought process of who he had to compete against and actually being able to receive an extra hundred or two hundred dollars per racing event. Yeah, it goes and, a long way. It adds up. Yeah, he told me it was uh, available, I believe, at three tracks, I think, three or four tracks. I can't remember what they were, yeah. but he said he signed up for it on Ford's website. I, right. I, yeah, I don't I, know if everybody I, knows about that or I, not. I'm, I'm proud of him, man. He's he's worked on his stuff. He's 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 got his head on right. He's, he's driving good, him and his dad, same as me and Mike. You know, they work hard yeah. on their stuff, and he's doing a great job. I, I'm, I'm really rooting for him. Yeah. yeah, I think his days of coming in as underdog and, you know, Two years ago, old, old I wouldn't gave you ten dollars for yeah. Thomas's chance to win a race. <laughs> right? No, you're he's right. No, but I'm, I'm I wouldn't. Honest. Wait a minute. Two years. <laughs> hold on. Two years ago, I wouldn't have given you ten dollars for his whole car. <laughs> it was that bad. Wait, before he bought that car, remember that was an yeah. old Ankrum car that we had right. in the back. Oh, he's got nice and stuff. And he now. bought it now, and yeah, it, he's powder coated. That one he had before, there wasn't a straight rail on that thing. Yeah, I know. He's got his car digging right now, and he's yep. doing a heck of a job with yep. it. I'm telling you. He, yep. He's honestly, he's one of the guys that you have to race every Saturday night at Hickory Speedway for yep. the win. He's just scary enough, too. That's what I like. He's just on the edge of scary enough to know little changes to make here. He doesn't get mm-hmm. crazy off the ballpark. He he stays in his lane and, and goes after He'll it. He'll win his share of races yep. at Hickory Speedway sure this week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Would give him ten dollars for his whole car. At one point, it was oh. bad. You ask him; he'll tell <laughs> you this. I'm surprised he isn't on. He's he's eating his onion, man. Uh, he don't have time to yeah, talk to us anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's probably missed hearing all these good things, <laughs> except for what you're talking about his car there. Um, let's let's make it let's make it clear that I said ten dollars for his chances. Right, I didn't. Right. Roger jumped in with ten dollars. Yeah. I mean, you only Listen, threw him under the bus. bus he drove Roger over him. back no, over him twice. That, that car he had yeah. was terribly bad. I mean, it was scary bad. But that's what they could afford. And that's what they were racing. Exactly. With. And I'm proud of him for that. Yeah, and that's what made him. You know. Yeah, it was bad. Oof. Driving driving old to, stuff like that. I agree. I made Michael drive stuff that I, I wouldn't shit even, boxes my oh whole my life. God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I borrowed cars back that I had built and worked on for people for him to start driving with. And uh, I think kids today have to drive junk cars to learn how to race. Just, I, I just, just makes it a lot easier on you when you get into good stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Thomas is still listening. He said he just finished his onion. It was good. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Tell him this I guy. sold his gears for 10 bucks. <laughs> right. me, me and Michael's going to we eat just put his, back when we leave here. We just put his gears on eBay for 10 bucks. Uh, so. y- y'all think we're going to let you out of here early enough to go to Outback? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a five-hour show. Yeah, what are you so, talking we about? We have to load up our wrecked race car here when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrecked anymore. Yeah. What's up, Brandon DePew? Dynamic shocks. Yeah, we've got a bunch of people uh, jumping on here. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you guys uh, that are listening, you want to chime in, you know, all the all the uh, topics that we're talking about from uh, South Boston to Hickory and uh, even uh, Caraway, Myrtle Beach, uh, you know, anything you want to talk about, uh, be sure to uh, jump on there and uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about. And, uh, of course, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, <clears throat> 
Thomas Bean said, "I made a I made a heck of a sale." Then Roger would have been that Roger would have been proud. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so in I, other words, he broke it off in somebody on that ten dollars <laughs> piece. That's of exactly ten dollar car. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know Roger would be yeah. proud. That's, that's what Roger's taught him. Right. He's a good businessman. You got to get it where you can get it, man. I, I don't know that that's who I'd be learning from. Is that, Boy, is that what you call flipping? Flipping. Flipping. Flipping right there. Flipping cars. Yeah. yeah. Flipping houses. Ain't that what the Z Loop guy did? Was he flipping? Wow. <laughs> no, he, he was out. stealing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just. He flipped out. He did flip out. Yeah, flipped right into a jail cell. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Next to his. Oh, oh man. Anyway. Next. <laughs> yeah, wow. Bad deal there. Next. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard more about that lately. They did. They did. Call they, Kyle. He can answer any yeah, question he's, he's you got. Yeah, the guy, ain't he? Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. I don't know. He goes Kyle quite a I bit. I mean, you got the no, DC Solar guy, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Brendan Poole called yeah. in on him, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's what happened. That's what I'm going with. That's my story. Wow. <laughs> Turned him in. He was, he was mad at Ross Chastain. Yeah. I drove for one of those guys one time out of California, and uh, that's pretty much why I'm doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> really? That was the end of my racing career, basically, at that point. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Guy was running a Ponzi scheme or something? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, scamming all the investors to pay for the race team and giving me 20% of it. Wow. Trouble. Yeah, it was a good time. When 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 the guy shows up at your race shop door and says you're fired, and I'm the new driver and general manager in a U-Haul with uh, some dirty sweatpants and a wife beater on. <laughs> wow! <Yeah>. Wow! <laughs> I looked at Michael and said, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> you, you, thought, you thought the fight from Hickory was good. Yeah, you should have been you, there that day. You should have been there that day. I didn't take lightly to that. No. But when the cops wow. came, I said, "Ask everybody what happened." <laughs> I didn't hit nobody. Ask them. No. <laughs> wow, man, we should get into this. Yeah, hey, I, I don't know if we should or not. <laughs> Let's put it this way: I still own all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Interesting how that works sometimes. Yeah, it is. Leverage wow. a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Wow. Uh, uh, Brandon Clements chiming in. He said that he 100 percent agrees. Driving junk uh, makes you appreciate a nice car when mm-hmm. you get there. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit with you guys. Oh, God. Uh, let's uh, we'll let the chat populate here, and we'll uh, ask you guys some questions as they come up. And if you got any questions for Michael or Lee Falk, uh, you know, be sure to uh, send them in here. Um, you you guys uh, you guys started this uh, driver development program, and uh, I, I think uh, you guys have come a long ways from day one. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And uh, uh, you know, the driver development program is just the. the one of the later chapters of our you know career in this whole deal and obviously right. we've been doing it my dad's been doing it forever and i've been doing it since i was two weeks old but right. um you know a lot of people don't know this but i was 10 years old uh spotting and crew chiefing for my dad and we were a two-man two-person team he would drive and haul the car and i'd work on it spot and make the calls at 10 and uh, we won <laughs> a lot of super story. late model races like that That's in awesome. florida um doing that so you know i'm 37 now so obviously 27 28 years of this um yeah the development program is taking a little while to, to get off the ground um but you know it takes you got it's kind of a deal where in langley you were one of them you know we came up here from florida and everybody kind of looked at us as an outcast it took us a while to earn everybody's respect and and become friends with everybody and kind of get in the groove here and um you know we've been loyal to roger even before roger with tom and and right. we've had harrington engines since we since day one and you know, that's a big part of our success is just building loyalty. Those, yeah, loyalty. One of my originals when, um, when I didn't have yeah, anybody. Absolutely. Yep. And, um, yeah, and we got some good drivers and, and finally started getting the ball rolling. And, uh, you know, we got the Fittipaldi. Pietro came along there and started winning for us. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And 
just, you know, it's weird how it happens. You just kind of got to keep afloat in this business, and then eventually it breaks. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you guys have had a lot of uh, different uh, guys come through uh, your program over the years. Uh, some of them move on, move on. I believe Suarez was with you guys at one mm-hmm. time. Uh, just uh, Fittipaldi, you know, too. I mean, that, that's yeah. a that's a pretty pretty big, uh, you know, impressive uh, lineup of guys you guys have had come through. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. The Fittipaldi deal was actually brought to us through TRD, and David Rudiman helped us get that deal going to start with. Um, but, you know, uh, Anthony Alfredo, now running trucks, uh, came came through our program. There's, you know, a lot of a lot of good-name guys, uh, you know, Danny and uh, Suarez, and he brought some other drivers from Mexico. We did that deal for a while uh, for those guys. And just we've been really lucky to, to, for the most part, have some good good drivers and good relationships. And, you know, for the ones that will stick around long enough for it to work, it'll work, you know, if you just trust the system. But, you know, obviously not everybody has that kind of patience. Is that one of your biggest challenges is keeping somebody in the seat long enough to get yeah, it to where you need to be? I mean, the parents are the biggest challenge, you know, bar none. Um, but I think anybody in this business would say the same thing. You know, you get mm-hmm. you get some really good ones. And, and honestly, the last couple of years, we've had a lot of success. And, and I credit that to the families that we've had uh, driving for us the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The Popes, the Greens, I mean, you name it all the way down the line. Everybody that we've had has been 100 you know, percent on board with what we're doing through the bad nights and good nights and, and everything else. And that's really let us do our job and not have to spend half our day, you know, explaining ourselves and this and that and trying to. Right. You know, that's all whatever. But, um, you know, we got a good deal going right now, and, and everybody that's part of the deal at the time right now is, is a good fit. Got you. Yeah, I, I would imagine working with the parents, you know, and their expectations, you know, of what you're going to see, you know, I, what they're expecting to see out of their kids is probably quite different than what it's really going to be. Well, all we, <clears throat> of our new drivers, we, we do an evaluation test. That's a mandatory do you evaluate the driver or the parents? Both, both, both. <laughs> uh, and you know, and I tell everybody, hell, my mother would have to do an evaluation test. You know, she's and, watching, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hey, mom, tell us how this works. <laughs> tell, tell tell more people about this because people don't quite okay. understand this philosophy. I mean, Jamie Elton kind of started a little bit a long time ago, where yep. he was, you know, trying out different things, and mm-hmm. the, it, you guys have kind of taken it to the next level. So go with it. What we do, everybody comes that comes through our program, even the people that are recommended to us from other people or other teams, uh, we go to Hickory or a racetrack, and everybody has to do what we call them. Uh, it's an, a mandatory evaluation test. Right. Uh, what that does, it either tells us at what level we need to start our program with the kids. If it, if you know, they're coming out of Legend Car, we can't be as aggressive as if they've had some late model or pro late model or some other experience coming to us. Obviously, right. we can skip a few steps and, yeah, and sure. get more aggressive. And then there's been things, you know, I tell them when we, they come, at the end of the day, I'll either tell you to buy some golf clubs or go to the bank, you know. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm brutally honest, and I think the parents want to hear that, you know. Uh, some, most do, some right. don't, but, uh, you know. Yeah, but at least if they don't, right, you know right away at that point before you invest so much time. I, you, you know, I, I think <clears> – <throat> I want you guys, my biggest thing for, for having you guys on was I want you to tell people how much is involved in your program. I mean, I don't. I think people think, oh, they just show up with a helmet. This kid pays, right? And then he just shows up with a helmet, and they don't blah, blah, blah. And, and how much there is from from the things you guys do in, in car prep and in whatever to social media stuff that you're doing mm-hmm. to how you've kind of went on, around the backside and teamed up with mpm and yeah absolutely you know i mean made it a one-stop shop for everything that was that yeah. was 
and needed. And we did. Um, you know, at first I was trying to do all that stuff myself, and we had one or two cars a week, you know, to worry about. But, you know, Tanya McAllister and, and with NPM Marketing, you know, her and I have been, we've all been family friends forever and been talking about doing something for years. And then, so a couple of years ago, uh, we did so did a deal with one of her drivers and it worked out good. So now she pretty much does the marketing for our company and, and all of our drivers that need it and want it. Um, you know, we refer them and, and obviously encourage them. Uh, to be a part of her program as well and she does a great job of of getting PR out there and and really getting their name uh, out there at all the media outlets I'm sure Langley knows he's probably tired of hearing from her every morning <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's a huge part of the deal uh, with any kind of racing these days and you know our week it's a I haven't had a day off in 20 days so I mean for people to think that we just you know show up sure, and throw our cars in the box yep. th throw, you know set of tires on it and go obviously or um, have no idea really what it's about but you know like today we we had I went to Op Alabama with with Shady and Jake you know went down there and run the Rattler with Nolan Pope in the super late model while dad split up he went up with Marty Ward to Hickory and they took a kid up there Zach St. Ange and ran second in his debut in the limited late model series up there it was so, good. Legitimately passed some cars. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I did was, a good job. I was, I was Langley I was, and I said they were watching yeah. him. He did. I was proud of him. So we all met back up and you know this morning, unloaded and and tore apart some wreck stuff. And basically that's Monday and Tuesday. And then you know Wednesday we're setting two or three cars up, pulling them down, scaling them, and, and getting stuff ready to go back and test on Thursday, Friday to race on Saturday again. And then hopefully on Sunday I get to play with Harper a little bit. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, it takes. Takes, Sounds kind of like your life, work. huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Sunday I was here. It was awesome. That, Sunday I've been here in a while. I was getting ready to say that's a first in, what, 10, 11 years, whatever? No. Come on, man. No, I don't know that it was that bad, but it was bad. It's okay. <laughs> so first in eight years. Nah, maybe two. <laughs> I don't like to work on Sunday. I don't think anybody should work on Sunday. No, neither. It was just something yeah, I, I think didn't, we should I race on Sundays. I didn't, even when I cup raced, I hated it. I mm -hmm. hated Sunday that just was against what I grew up mm -hmm. doing. We didn't we didn't do anything on Sunday. I was just amazed to hear earlier that you went to church. I go to church. Yeah, yeah. I started doing that recently in the last couple of years. Yeah, I go to church it's every been week. fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I go quite a bit. Uh, maybe you should start. Yeah. I have spent uh, plenty of time in church. I haven't been lately. I will be honest about that. But uh, You should go. You, know. you can come with me. No, I don't think I'm driving two and a half hours to go to church. I'm you pretty should. sure I can find one close to home. You're not pot committed then. I mean, you should be all the way in, you know? <laughs> no, not down here. <laughs> That's a long ways from home. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys' driver development program is doing great, man. I mean, I, I, I've, I think I've said on one of the previous shows, uh, you know, when you guys started, I, I ain't going to lie. I was like, man, yeah. mm -hmm. honestly, the cars didn't look that good. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the, they didn't run that good on the racetrack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think these guys are going to make it. Um, and then as, as the wheels turned, man, you guys started looking better, started running better, and mm -hmm. you got the whole package now. It just took a lot of time. I mean, coming from super late models, you know, it's all we've ever done. Uh, and then just one day, all of a sudden, we're racing late model stocks. It's a totally different animal. So, right. And had no credibility in the sport up here and just had to take what we could get and anything to make the, you know, pay the bills. And you know, we weren't making any money for years, and we took every dollar we made bought more equipment and kept just you know reinvesting it in assets in the company and with one we had one car and, and a friend of ours mario hernandez out of miami um would fly up and you know give us a couple thousand dollars to go race him at hickory on the weekends in tri-county and uh you know for two years i didn't make a paycheck dad made a little bit of money but you know luckily my wife was making good money and supporting us at the time and we were able to make it work until you know things started rolling for us and and uh we have been running a lot better and and one one of the main reasons is our drivers are believing in 
and what we're doing and they're working as a team together right. um you know austin's austin green great driver um cheering for his teammates and ryan vargas he's he's racing for us this year he was at hickory this weekend was at saint Ange helping him and just right. watching and learning so all of our drivers are really you know buying into the whole deal because they see our success over the last couple of years and and obviously they want that for themselves and it's starting to show and for instance at anderson i don't know i mean if you notice but we started pretty much kicking butt at anderson last year and and right. we did absolutely nothing different than we've done for the last five years at anderson except you know, one day, uh, I think it was Nolan, uh, Pope just would not quit over driving the corner. I mean, every single time we go there, he'd be fast, he'd get out to a lead and then they'd run him down like he was in reverse. And then right. like, dude, just back up the corner, back up the corner, back up the corner. He wouldn't do it. Finally, he was going to be a smart ass and he was going to let off at the flag stand and show us that this doesn't work. Well, when he did that, he put a half a track on him and checked out. <laughs> so keep doing that. Yeah. So yeah. when he was like, Oh, okay, maybe these guys do know what they're talking about. Um, you know, then he maybe knocked off. Listen to the old gray headed guy too. Yeah. Then he started knocking off winds left and right over there and, and sitting on the poles and, and, uh, him and Austin were competing against each other, obviously. So they were, that was raised in the level too, you know? So, this year, man, we got a great group of guys. Like you were talking about the, the race at Kinley coming up. Ryan Rackley's going there um, mm -hmm. with David Rudiman as his crew chief. He's going to run that deal for us. And the PRA tour, he's going to do the whole season and run for the championship. And that kid's a really good driver. Tell us about how that came about, having David help you. <laughs> David. David's been <laughs> part of basically part of our family forever. Buzzy was my crew chief when I was younger, racing all pro. And, you know, David ran many stocks on dirt when I was a kid and, and dad gave him a job working at uh, executive racing school down there in Lakeland, Florida a long time ago when, when he needed a job and we just stayed close and, and, uh, you know, he just, we've talked about doing something with him for a couple of years and he's always kind of been a little busy with his new deal, uh, you know, building cars and stuff. And then finally it just worked out where he could have time to do this and he jumped on it. So there he came, picked the car up the other day and, uh, they're going to take off Thursday and go test over at Southern national and, be there for the race and you guys won't be there with them i think dad's gonna go I to go thursday and test with him the first yeah. day just to get them all acclimated and gotcha go through the whole but no we'll know. be at the cars tour of three we'll have a super and two late mile stocks at hickory gotcha are you guys not running anything at anderson this weekend no, no. next week or next race we are i think gotcha gotcha yeah i just i figured y'all would naturally be there as, as successful as y'all have been there well we <laughs> we tried it i left sylvia to death i love her to death and their limited class is a little different uh, mm -hmm. than any others, and, and it works for her, and I'm happy for her. Uh, I tried to get her to change a few things where we could run a limited car there with a late model car and our legend car program, Right. Uh, and it just didn't work out. So we had, had to work the schedules around to what, you know, we had fit our super in the schedule this year, so it just didn't right. work out as much as we'd like to, but we're going to go over there. Yeah, yeah. What, what got you guys to go in the super direction? Uh, well, Nolan, you know, that's his car. They own that, okay. that family owns their own, own car there. Uh, it's a Fury car, same stuff we use, and we're loyal to those guys and Jeff Fultz and, and them just like we are to Roger with the late model stock. Um, you know, so they worked out a deal with us, and he, both kids drove late model stocks for us last year. One was in the limiteds and one was in the late model stock, right. and, and Nolan really likes driving Supers and is a little bit better at doing that than late model stocks, or so he thinks. So far, the results haven't shown that, in my <laughs> opinion. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, I like that. <laughs> but, um, so he was really wanting to run for the Cars Tour Championship with his Super and uh, and run a full season of Supers. So the only way to really do that was to throw Speed Weeks in there, Snowball Derby, the whole nine yards, to right. get 20 races in, because there's not a lot of Super racing going on. Sure. Um, and that 
that opened up the seat for Brody, his little brother, to to run a full season in the late model stock uh, that he was driving last year. So it worked out good for everybody, and we get along great with those with that family, and and both kids can drive and and really you know, bought into our deal. So I think they're going to be, both of them are going to end up being very successful. I think Nolan's going to really surprise a lot of people this week at Hickory. Um, we started slow at Speed Weeks. He just didn't like New Smyrna for whatever reason, didn't really fit his driving style. And, and um, you know, we went to Cordial and had a rear end tear up. So we had two bad, bad weeks to start with right there. And then this weekend really had a top three car at the Rattler and just got spun out. And, and when he did, um, and knocked the starter wire off of it and it wouldn't start. So we got a few laps down there and we just battled trying to get back on the lead lap the whole race and it just didn't work out for us. But once he gets the monkey off his back, and I think it's going to happen this week, he'll be, uh, he'll be up front. Gotcha. And you guys have also went in the other direction, going and getting the Legends car. I know you mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. What, 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 you know, made you guys decide to do that? You want to, I feel like I'm, I don't know. Don't no, <laughs> Well, basically, you know, that was um, Ryan Rackley's equipment, and he's been really successful in the Legends Legends car program over the last couple of years with Joe Ryan Osborne and, and those guys. And he wanted to come race for us, and <clears throat> he's moving on. So we worked a deal with him where he could do a trade-in deal with his Legends car program. And, and uh, so we took his Legends stuff on trade as part of the deal. And So you're all like a used car dealership. Kind of. You should trade I your mean, stuff in. Hey, whatever we works. We from Roger. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I mean, believe it. <laughs> honestly, the whole purpose of the deal is to, to have our own feeder system in the end of the day and, and to right. really put kids in there that we feel like are going to have an opportunity to run late models with us in the future. So, you know, you probably won't see any 40-year-old Masters class drivers in the LFR Legends cars unless they got a ton of money. But, um, you know, it's going to be potential kids that, you know, we see potential in that can come up through the limited late model next, you know, after that and then into our late model stuff. I mean, you mentioned the evaluation Mm -hmm. process. I mean, is there a chance that a guy comes in and you say, well, I don't think you're ready to go late model racing, but we can put you in this Legends car. Yep, and that's also part of it too, you know, and – a lot of times in the past that's happened we've had to just turn them away and then they go somewhere else well right you know this way we can kind of keep them in the program groom them the way we want to same business model as what we're doing with our late model stock stuff and then right. you know it's a seamless transition when he's ready um or she's ready to go into right. the, the, the the bigger cars the kids that are coming in today seem to be getting younger and younger and younger yeah you know uh madeira speedway perfect example absolutely and we've got kid you know we got kids coming from madeira to test we've got you yep. uh, we have a Dylan Zampa, yeah, he's uh, coming in Dylan the next Zampa couple of weeks. Dylan coming to test with us. You know, he, yep. he he's kicking her butt out there, and uh, him and Lemke. And uh, we've got a kid, a nine is a nine-year-old kid, I think, um, that's interested in the Legend Car program. We just had to, to you know, like Mike said, the feeder program, the next wave of kids just seems to get younger and younger and younger. Right. So somebody has to, to teach them the correct way to do it. Right. And... Some of the legend car kids we've had so far had so many bad habits that we wasted a lot of valuable time and money. getting and money getting the the bad habits the legend car bad habits legend cars are pretty neat yeah and you know the horsepower to weight ratio and the wheelbase and all that stuff and you know I remember when them things first come out years ago me Michael Waltrip and Rodney Combs uh, the 600 club asked us to test them well that was a mistake <laughs> we tore up every legend car that they brought out. <laughs> <laughs> we went to that little third mile behind Charlotte Speedway. Right. And we run over each other for two or three hours at the time. <laughs> and they finally said, okay, that's enough, you know. But <laughs> I think it, it teaches them a lot. Right. But there is some bad habits that come with that, mm-hmm. like using the bumper. 
knocking them out of the way. I hate going to the summer shootout just to watch that because all they do is knock each other out of the way to pass. Right. Then when they come to us, we spend half a season. Dude, you don't run down there and just knock the crap out of that guy to pass him, you know. It's more they're, exciting they're, if they do, though. Well, it gets expensive for the parents mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Roger's the only one that likes that. Yeah, he does. He likes it a lot. Yeah, but then I got a timeline that everybody. Yeah, that's hey, the part that. we need this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. No, <laughs> no, no exactly. problem. That's the part that nobody's saying on the, <laughs> right. on the radio. Right. Yeah, yeah we, we spent a lot of money with Roger and have over the years, but it's also right. like, hey, we're dropping this off on Monday and we need it back Tuesday. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. And these right. two clips, I need you to pull the motor out, put a body on it. Right. I'll pick it up tomorrow. Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, hurry up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and he always makes it happen. So that's why, you know, well, that's, I mean, that's why we're loyal to Roger. Right. Yeah, but when I didn't have anybody, to be real honest with you, mm-hmm. when we didn't have anybody, mm-hmm. Lee Falk and I sat in that old office right there, and I had just bought this place from Tom, and pretty much everybody left. Like, nobody believed that we could build good cars anymore, and Lee and I sat down in there, and he's like, listen, I'll be loyal to you if you be loyal to me. And people get annoyed at me sometimes because there's legitimately sometimes where we can't do things because I've promise something to lee on a monday morning at nine o'clock and i'll have to call them back at 11 and and i caught some help for it a li- originally about putting one customer in front of the other and the interesting thing that i'll tell that customer is no problem in 10 years of us jumping through hoops for each other then i'll throw your stuff right up on the, the rack in front of everybody else's right. i appreciate everybody's business i don't want to turn away any business ever mm-hmm. but I think people have to realize when you were down and out and and I spent all this money on all this stuff here and nobody was around, these guys were around. So, you know, they, and and it's been great for me to see their program go because in the beginning, I'm not dogging this, but the cars were not that nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His cars now, you can eat off of them. Mm -hmm. I I hesitate to find anybody that will tell you that there's nicer cars. I mean, people that don't even like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think their cars look great. And somebody who don't like me? No, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm just meaning, right? I'm just meaning. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I think your program has just come up that far, trying to <clears throat> trying to run it correctly. It's a lot of hard work. I can tell you that. With a, with a s- small crew, you know, like we have, we don't have a bunch of employees. There's four of us. Well, y'all had like the old timers club this weekend at Hickory. That was a yeah. senior citizen tour. Jer- <laughs> <laughs> Marty Ward yeah. over there. Marty yeah. Ward, God, yeah. that ain't really helped. They though. got one good knee between both of them, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and three good ears because Marty's one, deaf. Marty, Marty's deaf, deaf out, out of one, one ear. Can't hear. So I have to scream. Everybody thinks I'm mad at Marty when I'm just trying to get him to jack the friggin' car up, and I'm screaming, <laughs> "Jack it up!" <laughs> what? That's great. Yeah. You'll, you'll have Marty. a hard time finding two guys that are working together in the pits that have won more races, though, combined. Oh, I agree. I, I would say. i got to tell you a funny story. <laughs> Can I tell yeah. it now? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. I want to tell you how I met Marty Ward. Okay. This oh, is God. this is hilarious. I know Marty's not watching because he, he has a flip phone. He, yeah, he don't even know he how to do He said he got it. rid of his flip phone. Yeah. No, he's up to date. Yeah, his son gave him his, oh, okay. his uh, 1902 iPhone. <laughs> uh, back in the 80s, this is how I met Marty Ward. I drove for Bob Clark out of Crossville, Tennessee in the All-Pro, 1987-88. Well, Marty Ward was the man at Greenville Pickens, the man. So I said, well, hell, I'll call Marty Ward. I'll get me a setup. All-Pro race is coming up over there. Hell, I thought I was the man, so I had to go. Right. I called Marty, and he told me exactly what to do. I went over there. <clears throat> Marty sat on the pole. I qualified fourth or fifth. I finally got to Marty as a 200-lap race. Well, I booted Marty for the win. 
<laughs> after him giving me a setup. I just moved him for the win. Little did I know, everybody in the grandstands was Marty Ward fans. <laughs> right. right, he's a legend there. <laughs> Buddy, I'm telling you what, they were coming out of the woodwork to whip my butt. And I said, you know what? And Marty was coming down like a raging bull. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, I either got to make friends with this guy or I'm fixing to get my butt tore up. Right. So that night, me and Marty become friends. Uh, you know, I sucked up to him. We drank beer, had a big time. I ended up spending the night at his house. And he's always accused me. Two weeks later, he got a divorce. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to Marty Ward in his life. He got a divorce. <laughs> yeah, he's got a really nice wife now. But his first, first wife was a little... Uh, out there but uh <laughs> we, we become great friends so here that was yeah. a, in, in the, it was cold weather so middle of the summer we had another all pro race there so i called marty back i said uh hey bud what i need to do he said nothing bring it just like you were well my dumb self it was about 40 degrees hotter i thought okay marty knows what he's talking about <laughs> so i go back there i sit on the pole I was struggling. Marty caught me and booted me. <laughs> I ended up about fifth or sixth. Marty ends up winning the race. So we've been best friends ever since in 1987, honestly. Ever since he got him divorced, best friends. Yeah, yeah. that's the way it happens. He, that was the he, best thing could ever happen to him, he yeah. said. You know, Marty, he uh, did that sportsman deal, you know, at Charlotte and yeah. around. Yeah. And his dad, Maurice, God bless him, he's passed now, he would call me, and uh, I lived in Crossville, Tennessee then, and he would call and say, hey, you want to come over and warm Marty's car up, time trial it? You know, right. he's at Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said, sure, man. Heck, yeah, I'm on the way. I go to Greenville, get over there, drove my pickup over there right by myself. Practice the old car, <clears throat> set her on the pole. Well, Marty had, had called, you know, and there was rain supposedly on the way. <laughs> so, Rain's coming. Yeah. Rain's coming. Yeah, he so, already moved. The, had it moved back to the last race of the night. Yeah, Marty had the the he he Black Blackwell was the promoter. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Tom. So he had a deal with Marty. You know, run the race so I can get from Charlotte, the sportsman race, back to Greenville. You know, I'll wait on you. Okay. So I so in the meantime, <laughs> when I sit on the pole, I went and got Blackwell and said, "Look, Marty called." got a hold of his mom and she got a hold of me and uh he ain't gonna make it the weather's on the, the, the rain's coming we the better rain go. is coming he said to tell you to move the race back up because he can't make it so tom said sure let's do that so we moved her back up yeah. as i was going down the back straightaway coming for the green marty's outside the gate jumping up and down like a shortstop <laughs> had his fire suit on waving at me and i'm waving out the window <laughs> that's a, that's my best friend marty Ward. right there good time i ended up winning another hunter lapper in marty's car when he was outside the fence <laughs> watching me <laughs> uh, good stuff yeah i got to hear that story saturday and it was just as good just now as oh, yeah. because marty was there saturday yeah. standing yeah. there marty digging. actually told austin the story <laughs> oh man that's good that's good stuff oh man oh, gosh wow i don't know where we go from there you know what i mean i, I think where we go is where, where do you where do you not to give away your trade secrets, but, I mean, you guys have been winning, meaning winning on the fronts of getting people to drive your stuff, getting, you know, out there on social, getting out there on marketing, you know, teaming up with a bunch of different people, doing a bunch of collaborations. 
you know, throwback cars <laughs> and promotion of him winning races. He's, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was awesome. Right, Lee's down in Florida a receiving <clears throat> awards, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, you know, things have really kind of come full circle in, in you know, a 20, uh, a lifetime career for you, but in, in being up here, you know, 25 years or whatever, 30 years. So, I mean, my my biggest thing is where, how, what what's making you this successful? You, you know, you said earlier, and I know a lot, uh, you're, you're still setting the cars up the same way or, or, or we do things here the same way. And you, yeah. you have, you, you've been able to have really good results from that and, and been able to draw the one thing that a lot of people haven't been able to do is it being a constant influx of mm-hmm. people to drive your things. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't speak English. Yeah. A lot of them. And, and, right. And I don't think yeah. people think about that, right? Sure. Some of the barriers. Talk that, about difficult. You right. Have a spot some of the barriers. Right. <laughs> some of the. Right, right. I'm up there so, doing hand signals. Queso. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> Did you bring your queso board? Right. I, I mean, yeah. and I just, I, I, I think some of those things people don't understand that those were some of the things you guys went through to build that business, number one, yeah. and now got such a great foundation. What do you think attributes <clears throat> to the fact that every year, you the three of us talk or the two of us you got people in it yeah i think it's just years and years of just slowly sneaking up on it like a sneaky velociraptor you know just just kind of a little bit here a little bit there not really changing our game plan too much and and one of the main things is basically me relying on a lot of good smart people that are friends of mine to you know bounce questions off of you know i'm you're only as good as your weakest link, you know, and I learned a lot from a good friend of mine, Michael Burton, about surrounding yourself with good people in any business. Um, and that's really the key to success. So, you know, I just check my ego at the door. If I don't know something, I call somebody that does. And, and, and I've been lucky enough to have friends and friends of his that I've become friends with as I've gotten older. You know, Greg Marlowe has been a, a great sure. help to me. I mean, sure. all the way back, there's been so many good and and great crew chiefs and and drivers that i mean i learned a lot from old guys gary Ballou, you know wayne and dick anderson a lot of guys from florida that people up here may not know but um really it's just not having too big of an ego to believe that you know everything and just trying to learn something new every time you go out to the racetrack and then taking good notes and trying to recreate it when you do haul ass somewhere and let me put some in here i think a, a lot of our success is given 110% effort to the parents. And our our business is a little bit different than all the other r- arrive and drive, so to speak, programs. We're a 100% driver developmental program. We honestly care about winning races and, and are developing our drivers. So they do get to a point, you know, it, it's kind of a family with us. Uh, and we take the, the drivers in as our family. Heck, we go to eat with them. They go on the boat. You know, we have a big time with everybody. And uh, it's just, I think, if you, in any business, obviously, but if you give people what they pay for and don't shortcut them and uh, give them an honest day's work for their pay, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's got to have fun doing it, you know. Right. You got to My dad told me a long time ago and when he when I, he was paying my bills, He'd raise his hands up and he said, son, as long as we're having the, the same amount of money I'm spending for the same amount of fun I'm having, we'll do this as long as you want to do it. But if it gets out of out of whack where I'm spending way more money and they have no fun, then we're going to quit. So I think everybody has to have fun doing this too. But right. uh, I think you just give people what they pay for. And uh, 
don't shortcut them and you know obviously it's it's work for us so well, you talk about giving them what they pay for what do they pay what what does it cost to drive one of your cars whether it's a legends car or a late mile stock what what does that cost it's a lot of money it really just depends on I'm what sure. you know i mean there's a lot of variables it's yeah. it's where do you want to race it's what class are we racing in but i mean it's anywhere from you could do it for as cheap as seven thousand or you can do it for as expensive as 15 or sixteen thousand. Yeah. whatever yeah. i mean yeah. it's just you know car stores more expensive than going to hickory on a saturday night or anderson or whatever is, is it just depends man it's not there's not really a set price um as far as the Legends cars deal, I, I don't know. We, we haven't raced it yet, so we haven't really done a cost analysis on that and see exactly what we need to charge to to make it worth. And we're not we're not in the Legends deal to make money. It's right. it's really just to feed our our business. Right. Um, so whatever we got to make to break even is what we're going to make. You know what we're going to charge on that stuff. Right. I think that's one neat thing about our program. We can build different programs around different styles right. and different people, according yep. to their levels what of, they want to do yeah yeah there's sure. people that are just you know we're not stuck 100 percent dead set on going to nascar and being a nascar driver and they want to get there as quickly as possible right they want to know what affiliations we have with arca can and truck teams and right. then there's people that want to come here and, and have money to run 20 races with their kid and go have a good time all year drink beer after the race yeah, how about and that? hang out remember that nelson guy that came from brazil yeah. the other mm-hmm. day i turned on some kanachi yeah i Venezuela. turned on some yep thing the other day and he was on there racing like an electric formula one car or something oh, i was P- like you talking about pk yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah, was yeah. like wow. so he's raised everything wow yeah. he i mean went from <laughs> you, you know mm-hmm. what i mean just uh, so many of the guys yeah. I, I, there's not very many i don't think uh people that that have rental car and i shouldn't say i should say driver development yeah. deals um that, We've definitely that, got that have had that yeah i mean think crowd. about it so you got f1 guys you've had road race guys you've had formula guys you've had you, you know it what just I mean? worked out that way i mean we've had italians venezuelans you know max pappas another good friend sure. of ours has sent people to us and i think it's a testament of of us treating people right really um you know we've had deals come to us even though when we were not performing as well as we are now we've still gotten deals because of how we treat people and because of the way we do business over top of what the performance was and that enabled us to you know pick our performance up because obviously inflow money helped us build more equipment and and you know the one thing i know and i'm going to tell people and i don't know if i should or not but i I don't think people know how many people you refer exactly to other rental deals meaning hey we're full Mm -hmm. we we don't have any more room to do this but hey this gentleman down here we've worked with him in the past we know him He'll help you. How, how many of that third partying you do that you don't even get anything for, yeah. right? I mean, there's no, right. there's no two thousand bucks a week. Right. Just you, yep. hey, you didn't fit in our deal. Mm-hmm. We want the sport to be good. <clears throat> we, hey, we'll go help you. Go here. Here's a lesser deal that might be better for it for you all or, the time, right? And, and I don't think people understand that. I think yeah. people think it's just a bunch of vultures sitting around doing whatever. Yeah. And no, it's not. And 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 it comes back to us too. Like for instance, the Zach Saint Ange kid, uh, David Gillen sent us that deal. Yeah, you know, I mean, there he, you go. He didn't have the budget to go to DGR or whatever right. they wanted to do, and or didn't fit in their system. And he told him to come to us, which I thought you know was pretty cool. And, right, it says a lot about our program. And then the same token. We just sent Josh Stark over to Eugene Light, you know, for yep. the limited deal at Hickory because we were full and, and didn't really have a chance, didn't have the manpower, the cars left uh, in the stable to do it. So. You know, that's the one thing I kind of appreciate about a lot of my customers. If you think about that, a lot of my customers end up using the each other mm-hmm. uh, or the circle of drivers. <laughs> Let's to, face it. To get, I mean, if, it's, if, I applaud that. If mm-hmm. you don't help each other, you're host. If you don't help each other, the racing is going to go away. And, and all of us, Roger included, Langley, sure. you too, 
need the racing business to survive sure. right. and prosper. Right. And so when people badmouth and want to run racetracks down, and for whatever reason, I mean, right. that just, pardon mine, pisses me off. <laughs> Really does. No, right, sure. <clears throat> you know, right. that's the first time I've ever heard him say, "Pardon my language." <laughs> I'm trying to be PC here. Well, you know what I mean. Well, right? I just, no, I sure. You know, everybody's trying hard, whether they're doing it the right way right, or the, the wrong, wrong way. way. I agree. They're right. trying hard. Right. Some racetracks get it. The some only don't reason get I'm it. mad about this whole sealer thing at Hickory is because Josh Berry sat right there in this chair and said, "Listen, if you want to have good racing at Hickory, you keep the top clean, you keep the bottom clean." And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. We can race wherever. And I just can't figure out, like, I'm mad mm-hmm. that a guy with that much protocol gives and that much data to back up what he's saying mm-hmm. gives that piece of information out there. And we can't do – we don't we – don't, at least try to make. I mean, does is that the make sealer thing a maintenance issue? Is that why I'm we're not, sealing I, this track every few years? Or I, I think it's probably got to be it. sealed, right, for maintenance. I mean, but, the last thing yeah. you want to do is pave it. So, I mean, whatever you got to no, do for to sure, make it last. Right. Don't pave it. And he's, yeah. he's got to eat, too, right? So, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I just, there's got to be, like, a brush truck or something yeah. that we could, no? Well, we here's what happens. Here, here's what happens with the sealer. I'm going to just <laughs> tell you. Obviously, the weather. all gone. The weather. Yeah, it's going to be gone. And this conversation will go away. Yeah. But the weather in North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina, <laughs> Alabama sucks. Right. Let's face it. Right. Snow when snow sits on asphalt for yeah days at time, just Tri County. Hell, I've seen some of the best racing ever at Tri County. It's got bigger crack. We could put this table in. Some right. Yeah. We could for sure, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. But and if they paved that place or paved Hickory, you would never see any good Hickory. I've I never heard Greenville. We've talked about it. I yeah, think it I hurt Greenville. Think, yes, it did. It definitely hurt Greenville. But you look at South Boston, and on the other hand, they paved it. Yep. And they have great racing. Mm-hmm. And they can run mm-hmm. side by side. Yeah. You know. yep. No, I agree. They're, they're I, I think it comes to who you have pave it. I think South Boston no, spent you know, no, a lot of time and energy yeah. getting the right people to pave the racetrack. Sure. And I'm not saying Greenville didn't spend a lot of time, but I think they did it themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, they don't have that knowledge about racetracks. Right. Yeah, right. And Josh Berry, I mean, he's a friend of mine, too, and he can win races. That, that thing could be an oil field. <laughs> no, I, right, I don't, I don't disagree. What I like is that guys like that that drive seem to know really well, in my opinion, how track prep needs to be done. Yeah. I think Tony Stewart is a great dirt track promoter because he knows what he wants. Sure. He wants the bottom to be tacky. Mm-hmm. He wants the top to be just a little dry slick with a nice curb, and he'll continue to work the racetrack because he knows what he needs to race on there to be able to go good on the top or mm-hmm. good on the bottom. And I think that's what makes him great. And I, that like, was that I was like what, seeing Josh at, at Hickory Saturday night. I really would. Yeah. I think Josh is going to put a hurting on him this week. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. He's got a little chip on his shoulder anyway from what I read. Josh could drive I think a I read it on your site. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't really get into any of that. I don't know. I mean, I'm lost over here. What are we Wasn't there about? a comment made about uh, something about coming back to Hickory this week and – I don't remember exactly what it was, so I don't want to quote it and piss everybody off. But anyway, Josh Berry's my pick. Not that's a big surprise to anybody else. I think he's going to win. Yeah, it you're by really it. going out on a limb. And I think he's yeah, going to win it. By I a said lot. It, I said it too. They got mad at me. Before. I don't even think it's going <laughs> to be close. Dark, he called Josh Berry a yeah. dark horse. Because here's the <laughs> thing. Wait a minute. Wait. I'm going to tell you why I said he was a dark horse. Because I thought he'd win ten races. <clears throat> yeah. I really like did. This year? Yeah. I thought he would. I he's thought he would dominate the car tour. And I mean, he he, but he led that whole part to the. I thought he would just be. Overly that dominant this yeah. year. I, I thought he, did he was. He did get married. 
Yeah, I know, but he's a little softer in his old no, days. It's, it's <laughs> having the kids that makes you soft. Not, That's not it. your old lady. The kid, right? <laughs> You're trying to show off your old lady. It's, <laughs> right. the, it's the kid. Right. It's swelled up, yeah. strutting around. I think it's the beer drinking that he's been doing. His belly looks a little bigger than wow. it did last year. I got on him Saturday. I'm call him out him right here on the radio. Yeah. I poked him wow. Saturday. I said, "That Mary Lass is doing you good, boy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put a pun or two. <laughs> wow. I, Josh, Josh Berry's still my pick, by the way. Yeah, and um, so the beer drinking thing is funny because he, you know, he did drive a race for us at, at Hickory a few years back, and uh, and just checked out on him basically. And I'm nervous as I can be because this is my business. So I'm like, Josh, you know, can you win? And can you win in this car? And he's like, oh, I think so. You know, maybe, like, whatever. And he just cool and calm about it. I'm like, no, dude, I can't put you in this car, and you run second. Like, right. You're going to ruin my to business. Your car. Right, right. So right. Bobby to, Pierce was driving his right. car. That's but right. It, it was the night that's that Bobby right. Pierce drove his backup car, and, and he was a little upset with the way that went down. So he we put the I deal together. that now. Bobby goes out, and he's been on the pole. We're the last car out to qualify, and I think the pole was like a 15-1-0 or something like that at the time. And uh, so Josh says, well, what's the pole? I said 15-10. So he goes out there and runs a 15.11 on lap one and then a 15.09 on lap two and puts on the pole. And, I mean, literally just almost lapped the field. And, and while he's out there racing, it's like, yeah, you know, I had a couple beers last night and right. watched this on TV. Right. And, and he was just out there just checking Calling. out, talking to me about stuff that had nothing to do. And I'm nervous, sweating bullets on the spotter stand, like just waiting for something to happen, you know. That, that, uh, but we ended up getting thrown out. So that's basically what happened. They had, uh, they, that's when Kilby was on those shocks, like – for whatever reason and anyway we had a one piston that wasn't just quite right and see you boys you're out that's when we changed shock manufacturers <laughs> yeah that's when we went over to dynamic yeah and we ain't been thrown out over shock since yeah but <laughs> they did it. they did away with that stupid crap anyway josh could have had monroe maddox on yeah it didn't days. matter <clears throat> speaking of uh stupid rules um oh boy thing well, man yeah don't get me yeah. started <laughs> but we can get you started well, we this should, is prime think. opportunity something to so. address for sure oh, are we talking we talking enforcers or hamners here no we're we're, we're on late model stocks okay so. okay we, we can talk about we the hamners oh yeah you're talking i mean if you, you got that on here you're everything's talking a mess. To the right person so, about yeah. the enforcer deal because yeah. we've been in that since the ground one i mean the breaking yeah. everybody knows i'm a advocate for for chris harrington and harrington <clears> race engines i was there on the very inception of the harrington enforcer motor I got the very first Harrington Enforcer motor, and we tested the crap out of it. Uh, it in my opinion, <clears throat> I mean, this late model stock world has got more pricey, price, whether it's gas, tires, motors, cars, chassis, bodies. Oh, chassis ain't gone up none. <laughs> Same uh, price. Spindles, drag links, <laughs> you know, yours. let's get all Maybe into mine. that stuff. Yep. But in my opinion, Chris Harrington is the best thing that's happened to late model stock racing in years because... I'm going to get up on my soapbox here, Langley, if you don't mind. Go ahead. That's what we brought you here for. The motor program was getting out of reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got prices from different motor builders for Ford crates for $20,000, $22,000, and And I've asked, we went to the PR show and had Mike Delhani sitting in the NASCAR booth with my car, so I had a perfect opportunity to ask some questions. I needed somebody to explain to me how an $8,500 Ford crate motor could end up $22,000 out the door mm-hmm. if you can't screw with them. Right. So, but I, I have yet to this day got an answer to that question. The only answer I got was from uh, Robert and Charlie. I was going to say, they'd have probably been the ones that and, had the answer. And they told me 
Lee, the reason that those motors are that much is because people will pay it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, a racer is his worst enemy. We all know that. 100%. That I don't care if if Roger had a new fender that, and he told me that was three horsepower or five counts better and it was $50, I'd buy it. Right, right. And every racer's that way. I get that. Yeah. So when it, when you take an $8,500 crate motor at the time and you can't mess with them. Right. Okay, and you and you bill that thing, and now the bill is twenty two thousand and five hundred dollars. I know I called every motor builder and got prices. This ain't stuff I pulled out of the air, and I need somebody to explain to me my super motors from Steve at Progressive in South Florida delivered to my door with titanium valves, Carilla rods, Crower crank, dry sump system. Motors you can turn eight thousand RPM all day long mm-hmm. is twenty two five, delivered to my door. So I needed somebody to explain to me why we got a piece of crap crate motor with stock rods, stock pan, stock crank, non-ported heads with a hydraulic camshaft, the same amount of money. Well, nobody has yet gave me an answer how it gets to that point. So when Chris Harrington. NASCAR went to Chris Harrington three years ago and asked him to, hey, look, the 604, back when we raced the 604 Chevrolet crate motors, they wouldn't keep up with a Ford crate motor. They just they were, they were 30, 20, 30, 40 down, all depending on who you got yours from. Well, what happened to the Chevrolet guys, the Chevrolet guys with the 604s turned turn them more, turned them more, turned them more. Now we start blowing them up. I did that. Yeah, so did I, I several did, times. I did that. So, in steps Chris Harrington and builds a exact replica of the Ford crate. Same parts, same suppliers, same rods, same crank, same cylinder head manufacturer. Everything's the same. The first first motors they laid on top of the, the two dyno sheets laid fairly close. You know that was NASCAR's goal. With Les Westerfield and Tony Glover and all of them. But it was with Chevy parts, right? Chevy parts. Right. Make me an equivalent motor to the Ford crate. He mm-hmm. did for ten grand. Out the door dynoed. Mm-hmm. Well, here we go again. Now we got <laughs> we sell kits. Chris sells kits for those motors. So any motor builder or any backyard mechanic who ever built a motor can right. and it it saved the racer money. Right. All right. If you don't, we can't keep up with a Ford, and I can't afford twenty-two grand for a Ford. So now we come up with a ten thousand dollar supplement. Boom. Now the Chevrolet guy can keep back up, and he's not blowing up Chevrolet crate motors every week. Well, now we got other motor builders who are messing with the Harrington. Then the power gets more and more and more and more and more. And now the prices get higher and higher and higher. So here we here we go. <clears throat> we've messed up a perfect motor program because the Ford and the Chevrolet, the, the Ford just got another update. And I own a Ford. I didn't buy it. it. It came in a car that I bought. But every, it seems like every three months, we got an update. You know, we got an update for the Ford. We got an update for the Ford. We got an update right. for the Ford. Well, the last update, was $6,800 for the cam and lifters and, you know, this last update because 
you can't put the lifters in the holes without pulling the cylinder heads off. Well, that was a genius idea Ford come up with. <laughs> you Before, you could change the lifters. You can't now. Right. So now you got to pull the heads off. Well, when you got the heads off, you might as well freshen it up, right? you got the right. bottom end off. you got the pan off. Right. And front timing cover off to stick a camshaft in. Uh, heck, let's, let's, let's freshen her up. That's another 6,800. So now we got 22,000 in this thing. Now we got another 6,800 coming. Pretty soon we got $35,000 in a stock rod piece of crap crate motor. Still. Right. I love it. So how, if we don't get our hands wrapped around this problem, it's going to price itself completely shut the doors to late mile stock racing. And it's just not the motor problem. Hell, tires shouldn't be $700 a set, and gas damn sure shouldn't be $11 a gallon. Let's right. get real. Those motors don't have no compression. You can put them on pump gas. Right. So, I mean, and it's just on and on. Josh had a good point when y'all had him on here about those spindles. You know, I'm not going to get into all that again, but right. the spindles that are welded together, whether it be Hedgecock, whether it be Rogers, whether it be whoever builds spindles right, right over here on the bench. Right. What are they, Roger? 300 bucks? Yep, 300 bucks. Lee Pulliams won a million races with a $300 spindle. Matt right. McCall will whip your ass with a three hundred dollars spindle. He whipped everybody's ass a couple weeks ago with well, a three hundred dollars spindle. Yeah. And, and and that gets to another point. You know, we've all and, and I'm we're just as guilty of it. Sure. The bump stops, the bump springs, the washers, blah 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 blah. Matt McCall races once a year with an antique PRW car. Yep. No bump stops, nope. conventional setup, right. and waxes their ass. 20,000, 20,000, 20,000. He'll go over here next year and get that 20,000 again. <laughs> right. <laughs> because he knows how to work on his car. Right. He's a heck of a race car driver. The cars today are the same speed as they were five years ago. They just don't look as neat going around the racetrack. Right. Yeah, you the know? old cars don't. Yeah. They look neater now. But yeah, Michael gets on me, and I, I say it all the time, son, we ain't picking up no speed, but, you know, it looks better. Right. You know, we got to be just like everybody else. Because it's the times you got to yeah, get with the times. You got to be sealed off in your attitude. You got to be sealed your, off in the right. attitude. You know, we're bumping and the driver's got a mouthpiece in and boom, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, bouncing out of the seat. Listen today. I, I got a call today from a lot of people. Lee McCall. A lot of people know him. He said to yep. me, "Hey, I need your help." I said, "Okay, what's up?" He said, "I'm breaking motor mounts." I said, <laughs> "Yeah, no shit." He's like, well, "What do you mean?" I'm like. Well, when you want to ride solid, yeah. where it's metal on metal, yeah. that motor Something's sitting up get. there, right? Yeah. Sure. I, they're solid now. Like we're, I guess we can go to quarter inch, right, yeah. or something bigger. I, I don't know. Maybe I, that's basically a go kart. They are go kart right. setup. We're locked right. up solid, and we're just hitting stuff, and and uh, I don't know what else to do. Uh, Rayvon Clark's son Cam has a good question. You, you mentioned that the Ford. You said the Ford mm -hmm. was junk, but you're talking good about the Harrington. What, mm -hmm. what makes the Ford junk versus that? The the Ford's not junk. I think he just the, means the parts inside the, of the crate the, motor in general. And they're the same parts for every motor. What I'm saying, he just misunderstood me. Right. It's a stock rod, basically. It's a scat rod. Right. Versus a Corilla rod. Right. I mean, he'll know that difference for sure. Yeah, I won't, but he will. Well, there, it's like <laughs> night and day. Gotcha. Uh, that's what I'm calling. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Ford Motors at all. Like I said, I would have them if I could afford them. Right. But I can't afford right. them and be in business. And, uh, obviously, now, like the car store, there's, I think, Chris's latest latest count kits and motors and all is somewhere around 150 to 160 mm -hmm. that he sold. So, obviously, it's a good program. Right. Right. Uh, if all the other motor builders don't 
keep messing with them and messing with them. What is that price at now, though? I mean, I know from Chris it hasn't moved a whole lot, but no. from from the other engine builders, what's that price at now? I've heard anywhere from fourteen to eighteen thousand. Yeah. Here we go. Boo. So so we're on the same track. Yeah, here we know? go. But they're they advertise more horsepower, more horse. Right. I know the parts that are in this motor. I built motors my whole life growing up. I worked in Dennis Boyd's race engine and shop in Florida. I know the parts that are in those motors. Those motors are not capable of making the, some of the numbers you're hearing out here in the street. Right. They just don't perform. They won't make that. You can only get so much horsepower out of a non-ported head, a flat tappet camshaft, and a flat top piston. Right. Now, here's, here's where it gets a little goofy. When you start cutting the top of the block, which is wrong, and you cut the piston to match the block, so when you go through the tech shed, the number is still five down in the hole. Right. That's all wrong. If you'll read that rule book, it's all wrong. Yeah. I know a bunch of cylinder heads have been sold to people who already had these motors. Well, what that tells me is, hmm, must not be right heads. So now we got to get the right head because there's there's a number that's come out. Some of the engine builders have been creative and reading the gray areas in the rule book, and I applaud him for that. Right. Chris made a mistake when he didn't print a, a number, and uh, Chase Pistone had that happen to him last year at Hickory. Right. There wasn't a printed number. It was a gray area. He got caught, and they throwed him out. But now there is a number. Oh, it was the way they cut that valve job or something, it? goes past wasn't the seat. Yeah, yeah, there were some people going past the seat and opening the hole up. Right. That's called hogging the bowl. You can, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's hogged the bowl out, which makes horsepower. Just like moving the piston ring closer to the cylinder head does when you chop the top of the block off. Right. But uh, in, in my opinion, this is my opinion. Everybody's got them. It, the, the tech guys right now, before this motor program gets out of control, the tech guy and do it with Fords too, just not Harrington's, because the same thing makes power on a Ford that does a Chevrolet. When you get the pistons closer to the head, it makes horsepower and compression. Right. Let's the tech guy's got to step up to the plate right here. Let's get everybody back honest with this motor program. And right now, it's a great program because they're all the upgrade, the Chevy upgrade. I mean, I think over there Saturday night at the car store, there was uh, there was one of each. You know, I think. Right. Yep, there was one of each. One, and they Didn't were all digging with each yeah. other. Yeah. And it, and it's really good. It's, but I think we got to get on top of it right. before. I mean, anybody can change a dyno number. Hell, you know. Right. I'm, that's been going on for 100 years. Right. <laughs> or lie about them. <laughs> that's more than plenty of those for sure. Uh, Scott Castle uh, from Kingsport, he uh, he said that uh, about all the four great drivers have switched to Harrington at, at Kingsport. Mm -hmm. um, of course, that happened last year as you know the Ford was underpowered. Right. Um, but uh, he says they're all getting theirs from other engine builders, not uh, Harrington. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's what's the what's the solution? you know, to the problems at hand. I mean, what, what do we got to do? I mean, you know, you talk about tech people getting things mm -hmm. under control, but, I mean, let, let's face it, there's like one or two full-time tech people in no, the I get stock that. car racing, That period. is a problem. That, that is, is a, a problem. problem. Sure. Because you're full-time. You're working full-time no, to get faster. I get yeah. that. You know? I do get that. But I think what has to happen is the racetracks have to educate the tech people they have on the correct way to tech those motors. And right. I think... Uh, you know, obviously, if a guy wins one or two races and gets on a roll and he's got his car going good, everybody automatically thinks, oh, hell, he's cheating. Sure. You know, oh, he's cheating. 
But I do think, I know years ago, if you won three or four in a row at Hickory, your cylinder heads come off your car. Three, yeah, wasn't it three or something? Yeah. If you won three <clears throat> yeah. throughout the course of the year, he took, he took pulled you down mm-hmm. on the third win or something. Right. Yeah. There, that used to be pretty typical in racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, and, and I'm not a big advocate of tearing your motors down for $800 to win. Right. Sure. But we've got to step up. Now is a perfect time to, to everybody pitch in and try to save late model stock racing. And I, and I don't mean to harp on the Harrington engine and, and it being cheated up and all that stuff. Uh, but I do think that there's several things that need to be addressed that if we don't, you know, whether it be motors, you know, or that dumb drag link thing and the spindle thing and all that crap. The other thing I'm worried about the most is the bodies. Well, that's, I mean, it, when it's the new, ready to when, happen. that'll be the next thing, yeah. Yeah, and then the bodies, the price is going to go up, and well, now you yeah. got to pay people to hang them and, right. and stuff like that. And nothing, you know, but if we don't, this is not K&N and ARCA racing. Right. If you want to drive a K&N car, hell, go buy one. Right. They're there on every corner. Go right. get you one. <laughs> There's a lot of them. But the late model stock, if you change the bodies right now, and the motors, hell, you pretty much got a K&N car, an ARCA car. Right. You know, right. and we're racing for $800 to win. Gotcha. Yeah, Cam, uh, Cam Clark uh, chiming back in said, yes, you can change the, the dunk numbers, so NASCAR will be happy. Um, Steve Zacharias chiming in. Uh, he says that he doesn't get involved uh, in many conversations on here, but I want uh, everyone to know that uh, the Falk family are more than more than racing. They did so much for my niece when she was in a position we didn't know her outcome. This is my favorite part of being involved in the sport. We are one big family. And, and I mean, Steve, uh, over anybody, does more for just like what Mallory went through and, and um, Terry Evans and, I mean, the Racing Brotherhood thing that he's put together and those guys, Mike Neff and all them do over there, dude, that's, to me, that's cooler than any, any kind of race or whatever they run over there. And, and obviously, I mean, they must be doing something right. right. Dude they gets 30 cars car for a 40-lap yeah. yeah. race. Yeah. yeah, for a regular yeah. race. Yeah. It's amazing. And you spend double to go there. So right. it must be, you know, yeah, it's you not cheap to go to the beach, money. especially uh, if, after you have a few – Everybody, beverages. Yes. Everybody has a fun post-race activity. <laughs> i got to tell you a quick story about Steve since he's chimed okay. in. I hope he's listening still. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Oh, I'm sure he is. We get over there one night. We Obviously, we drive our toter, and we sleep in our toters a lot. And uh, and then Jill, I'll, I'll, I'll holler out at Jill. She also helps the racers over there. Her mom, yeah. Jill and her mom, have some apartments around. Mm-hmm. And for the out-of-town guys, they do everything they possibly can do to put us in rooms over there. Right. Cheap. Man, they just bust their butts. But right. We got over there one night, and we wanted to go out to eat, and we didn't have no wheels. <laughs> I said, give me that pace car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got the Myrtle Beach Speedway pace car. Here we go down to the beach. <laughs> well, I'd had one or two. <laughs> so we pull Pepsis. up. Pepsis. Pepsis. Yeah, Pepsis. So we flipped the lights on, with, you know, the flashing caution lights. <laughs> yeah. the red light. got Myr- Myrtle Beach Speedway on the side of the car. Just advertising for Steve, really. Right. That's what we were yeah. doing. Yeah, trying to help him out with yeah. his cause. Yeah. Dude but. never said a word. It's like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, hey, man, I got your car down here at the bar. <laughs> Parking it on back, he said. No, I was just joking. That's yeah. awesome. But they are great people over there. Wish yeah. it was closer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, that's what uh, you know. We cover more races there. You yeah. know, that that's there's about three racetracks. It's really hard for us to get to. They're all the furthest away, yeah. and we don't yeah. really have any sponsors in that area, so yeah. it makes it extremely difficult yeah. to cover races there. So no, you can count us in any time he needs help for sure. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> All right. Um, uh, Thomas Bean said, uh, talking about the bodies. He said uh, that's what scares him the most. The bodies. The bodies. Yeah. So. Me too. 
I, I think. I mean, how badass are the old outlaw late model bodies where you're oh, just building man. yourself right. out of a sheet of aluminum right. and That's they look cooler than now. anything you yeah. could even, and, I, and I half just, the price. I, I worry, I, I worry that, you know, we've, as a dealer for all these body manufacturers, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to try to stay down the middle of the line, but mm. my, my biggest problem that I worry about is, is that I've watched this game played before, and if if you just look back at what's happened in the past year, there everybody's going to get boxed into a corner with one manufacturer, and then the price is going to go through the roof because yeah. all of a sudden it doesn't become a free market. It becomes a dictated market, and I, I think we all lose, right? I think that's the one thing that's kept the chassis price fairly reasonable is you have a bunch of different people sure. that will build them all. There's and like 100 of you. Well, I'm just saying that everybody keeps it. You keep the, the, the market determines what it is. But right. let me ask. A, let me ask a question, Roger. Right here. Sure. <clears throat> you, you obviously keep five star and ARP bodies. Yep. What happens? And I'm and I'm not sure that AR's geared up to go this new route. Oh, they're beat already, I think. And uh, what happens if? Let's just have a, a, a. And I understand Thomas's. He needs to be in our situation. Thomas has got one car. Sure. We've got eight. Right. Right. All right. So now we got eight eight cars to bring up here to you. Yep. To say, Roger, let's put a body on that thing. Right. So let's just we're we'll ball ballpark let's say here. So, right. Let's say between the new body pricing and the to hang them, let's say we let's say we end up with six thousand. Yeah. That's let's six, just say sixty five hundred. Yeah. All right. Now times eight. That's forty two. Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's a big slash. six times the seven cards but you he, got right it's 42 man. here's here's the problem i see what happens when not if because we've we've ran into this already oh sure with we the have. old style bodies what happens hell we just went through this with my car sitting here yeah they were out of a half of a roof right or a hood or, or a, a hood <clears throat> we can't sometimes we can't get a lightweight hood or we can't get <clears throat> and, and you know i i just think if you're down to one manufacturer now you have no you're option. held hostage. You have no option. And and I hope that it doesn't go to that. Right. But I see it. Right. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. I think Forrest is putting a car, hanging a body, for five star to to take to the wind tunnel. Mm -hmm. You know. And I I see that they're gonna make the the. I think they're gonna make the point of entry so high, that nobody can get in. Well, I think that's. And that's it. Where we're talking about this whole eight mile stock thing. That's if, it. If we don't all get a yeah. get a handle on it, right? We're going to build. We're going to go race some mini stocks because we can right. afford those. You know, what, we can what's, afford to build them. What, what is the point of entry for a late model stock guy today? If if you wanted to go out and buy a late model you, stock guy, yeah, and go that, race, that's, that's the thing do? that I, I'm interested to you. How do you how do you get people not to overstep Langley, but it right. kind of goes along the same thing. How how do you you were an old school. <laughs> we, easy, we, easy. No, no easy. I, I mean this. Hold on. You, you were an old school racer that worked on your own stuff, that did it the way you did it. And how do you convince these people that have no truly, I would say, have no concept of what you are good and ready to do for their kid because they don't even fathom what needs to be done for their kid, right? Like it, it would be different if – Pro athletes, a lot of times their kids become pro athletes, and I think that's because the reason that they're willing to push so far. People, 90% of the people that come to you have no concept of where they want to go, how to get there, whatever. They say, I know I have X to spend. Mm -hmm. Here's how I want to do it. Tell me how far I can go with it. How do you, how do you justify to them? And I'm not putting your program down because I think it's very well valued. How do you 
How do you spin to them that it takes a six-figure salary for your kid to race and be competitive? And that's it, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. what it does. And you can't go out and buy your own stuff and a truck and trailer and a toolbox and radios and crew well, shirts and wheels. And, I mean, for, for what they're paying you to do it for yeah, one year. Correct. You can, you, we've had this happen a few times. There's been three or four kids uh, that have chosen to do their own stuff and go buy their own stuff and do yep. their own deal. Yep. And it is a little cheaper up front. And, and when you're talking about $20,000, that's a lot to a middle-income family, a sure. middle-class family. You yep. know, if they can save twenty grand, you know, that, that means a lot for the season You know, as far as expenses go. But what happens is they don't realize that when you get in there and, and then you got to buy a bump spring and it's $100 plus the caps, and then you got to buy five more springs yep. and more gears and more this and more that that you don't realize that you're going to need to have at the beginning. But when you get to the racetrack, you got to have it because you suck. Right. Right. So you need to work on your stuff, and, and that's not free. So by the time they add all the all – the, um, I don't even know what you call them, but you know all the other stuff that they don't think about, it's right. actually Incidentals. cheaper. Yeah. Incidentals. Yeah. Um, and then when you go and your kid decides in a year from now that he'd rather you know go to college and chase girls, then you're selling your stuff for ten you know ten cents on the dollar, um, so you've lost a ton of money. Whereas you know you come drive for us or any development program for that matter, you walk away at the end of the deal. Okay, we're done. We yep, go home. We it. do something else. We don't right. have anything to sell or get rid of or to store or to anything like that. I try to sell. You're right. And you yeah. end up spending less money. It sounds expensive up front, but you end up spending way less money in the end doing it with us or another development team like us. If you're going to be in that realm. Yeah. If you're going to mm-hmm. be in the in the deal like Thomas or what, well, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But right. If you have the capability to work on your own stuff right. like and that's, Thomas, that's a different deal. That's what I wanted to preface it with because a lot of people, oh, I can't, I don't spend right. 25000 all year. Correct. But you're not that person that's yeah. going to come to Leaf Oak Racing and say, right. mm-hmm. hey, right. I want to do something. Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about people that are kind of falling right. inside that criteria. The wave of kids that come through, to, for them to buy their own stuff to do it is is – pretty silly because they're not going to be in it in the late mile stock world right. or the super world long enough to have any value you know in other words they're going to have that stuff for a year two years tops right. then they're going to move to the next step mm-hmm. now they have to worry about selling the stuff and like mike said that's where we come in and you know or whoever and, and buy them out what's so. the, what's the biggest piece of advice if, I, if i'm a parent in california and i am a race fan i've been to fontana a couple times and I like this whole NASCAR gig, and I want to take little Billy, who's 11, and I want to take him racing. What is – you see the patterns. I, I, I see patterns. I see people that do the same thing over and over, and they end up in two years. I don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. What would you say that the biggest piece of advice that you could give to that parent that wants to do it with his kid that – they should do to try to make their son or daughter because you have both that's mm-hmm. something i think we should talk about too yep. you have both what advice would you give to that parent that wants their kid to be a cup superstar or wants to go down that path and have them race trucks or nationwide that they could do that would benefit them and put them ahead you want to answer that well first of all <clears throat> i think the parent has to decide and the, and the child female or male whether what the reasons are they're doing this if they're doing it for the fun of it that's that's one direction you can go the next thing i think you need to decide if the parent is doing it for himself or the kid really wants to do it that is a major yeah, difference for sure. we see that a lot uh 
you know, the parent couldn't do it, so he's going to do it through his kids. Yeah, right. yeah. That never works. <laughs> never works. Short term win, long term loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never works. <laughs> the kids got to want to eat, breathe, sleep. You know, I, I told the story to somebody today when we had uh, little fit of Baldy. He, he's kind of family to us because he, you know, he's Michael was his crew chief, and we're still friends to this day. And uh, when he comes back in town, we all go eat, and and he's like Michael's little son. Uh, cool, as dude. far as anybody being as committed, there's nobody, we got nobody. Him for sure. We got spoiled with him because we've had I don't know how many kids come through our program, Mike. Do you know? I don't know. Roughly, I mean, probably around 100, I'd say. Yeah. There's nobody as committed as Pietro Fittipaldi was when he come. It'd be 100 degrees outside. He'd put on sweatpants, a hoodie, a jacket, a toboggan, and run for seven to ten miles a day. To get eleven, twelve-year-old kid to get right. on his own, not because right. we're telling nobody him to. told yeah, him. Yeah, but to you do could that. see it too, right? He went from this little tiny kid <laughs> to this holy cow. He's yep. chiseled, and yep. you know what I mean. All of a sudden, he became a man. Yeah, he's still you, a little punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take him out to eat. There wasn't no cheeseburgers on his plate, buddy. No, it was grilled chicken and broccoli chicken and broccoli you know i think one thing that we got like back to your question a little bit um and i always ask the parents like if they're like you said new to this just coming in i got this much money to spend they got to look at it not just what they can spend this year they got to look at it for the next 10 years because if they can't see a million dollars in the near future in the next four or five years of their life being able to scratch a million or two then don't even start right now because you're going to get to a point where your kid's going to get his hopes up. Your kid's going to be all into this deal. And then as the mom or dad, you're going to have to tell them, son, we can't afford to do this anymore. I'm sorry. Your dreams are over. Whereas if you would have just thought about that before you got into this deal and maybe went a different direction or you could sway it, you know, one way or the other. Like he said, most of those situations are the parents, you know, wanting to right. do it more more so than the kids. And, you know, I've, I've told parents that a lot. I had a guy actually come by two weeks ago to my shop wanting to talk about me racing his kid. And by the time he left, he thanked me and said, I've never really spoke to anybody as honest as you about this. You just saved me a ton of money and my sure. kid a ton of headache. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I never really thought of it like that. He's like, I just kind of looked at it like, man, I got 50 or 75 grand I can spend this year. Well, then what? Then you're going to spend another 75 grand and do the same thing over and over and over the rest of your life? Or do, are you going to move on? Do you think it gets skewed? Um, I, I had a discussion with a gentleman the other day that many of you may know. He, Ty Wigington, he was a professional baseball player, mm-hmm, played mm-hmm. for a bunch of different people. And I, I'm, I, I rack his brain, right? Like I mm-hmm. ask him tons of questions because, you know, he played at such a high level and did such great things. And he, I find it so intriguing that with his children he doesn't push like he talks but he doesn't push he mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. and i i with with a lot of these dads with so much incremental money going in i i like i don't think anybody works on how the the parents should act and i think you folks do a good job with that and i don't mean that every deal is supposed to be the same mm-hmm. please don't think that i'm not saying that every I don't believe in the old ways of, of some of those guys that used to say, here, you're the dad, here's 50 cents, go in the grandstand yeah. and get a Coke. Now, you know what, I don't believe in that really no. all the way because sometimes the, the parents communicate better with the children than we do. They spend so much time with them, they do all these things. I just, I'm interested as to if they should be completely involved, if they should try to let their kids kind of do, I, I know it's a person-by-person thing, yeah. but I just see so many parents that are so 
one side or so the other and and i think maybe if we could establish some kind of a norm of you know what works best for people in the business i mean i think i remember a few years ago there was a dad that he used to throw and break and flip stuff over and cut stuff up and hit i mean and now his kid don't race no more Mm -hmm. and that's why and i don't mean that bad but that's kind of inevitably all those little things add up to it right so i think that gets back to what i was saying you have to the parent and the and the kids have to really sit down and figure out why we're doing this and where do we want to go with it uh right obviously everybody's not going to be a cup star everybody's not going to carry their career on to cup racing or truck racing or canine or whatever there may be some people who come to our program who just want us to teach their car, their kid to race, and then they're fine with Saturday night level racing, which is right. great. I think that's amazing. I that do people too. We are, need more of those. Yes, yeah. uh, right. I mean, one hundred percent agree with mm-hmm. that. I, I, I mean, I never you've had a bunch of them actually. Yes. I mean, you've yeah. had a bunch of them. We have one right now. I mean, Hannah, Hannah Bell, and her dad Richard are that way, and, mm-hmm. and we get along great with them, and great family, and we have a blast. You know, and that's it's cool to really she work likes with racing. people like that. He likes watching her race, and they can afford it, so that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. it, it, not everybody who comes through our program has aspirations of being a cup driver. Uh, some of them just want to learn how to do it correctly. Yeah. So, right, and they and they deserve a chance too. So. I don't think there's a good answer for what your question is, though. I don't think you can ever figure out a, a answer to that. I think everybody's so different and like so many personalities. And one thing you de- you deal with is when parents pay you that much money, say right. they give you two hundred thousand dollars, they Leverage. think they own you. Leverage, you know, yeah. a lot of times, Leverage. and they they will they will treat you that way as yes. if they know more than you. And and I'm just like, dude, you know, your your kid would do so much better if you would just you pay, if I pay somebody if it all right. Harper, she wanted to be in gymnastics class, right? Yep. So what did I do? I took her to Enzo Elite Gymnastics, right. the best gymnastics place I could find. Correct. And I said, here you go. And I sit my ass there behind the wall, and I watch her, and 100%. then I talk to her when she gets done. I'm not going to go in there and say, hey, dude, that somersault looks like shit. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, no, what I'm are you serious. doing? Right, right. You know, and, but you'd be surprised at how many parents would be like, oh, man, that car looks like it's tight there. I think you need to put a little left rear spring in it. Uh, right, see, I'm not that dad. I used to be that dad when we yeah. quartered him as your race. Yeah. I was so that dad, right? I was so it was going to be. And now that my kid is establishing some success in this lacrosse deal, I tell the coach, so how did you see it? Yeah. He asked me. How did you see it? I said, I saw exactly what you did. I don't even know what I saw, but I saw exactly what you did. Yep. And and they have success because I want them to buy mm-hmm. into the program. Yeah. It's not about me. It's about him. You know, we have had a couple of parents that we had to put in the grandstands. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't give them, <laughs> we don't give them radios. Period. That's a good plan. That is a That's good plan. But you don't a good get plan. a The kids don't get cell phones on Saturdays and the parents don't get radios. You know, I, I like that no cell phone thing. I don't yes, think I, don't I had think. to take one away Saturday, by the way, while you were standing there. I don't know if you've seen that or <laughs> no, not. No, I didn't see. We yeah. actually That's have a, awesome. We actually we haven't done it in a couple of years because we've actually had a pretty good group of drivers. Yeah. But we got to a point where we had to make them sign a contract mm-hmm. that said that like part of that part of it was no cell phones and and get out of the toter and be a part of the team. Blah blah blah. Right. Right. Cheer on your teammates. Right. We had sure. to like literally yeah. list it out in bullet points and make them sign yeah. the thing before yeah. we'd even do the deal. It's it's good it, that y'all do that. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you there ain't a right. I'll bet you that there's not a late mile stock car rental deal out there that does that no no but after the races are over you stay you don't didn't with the checker flag follows you don't pack your shit at my place and leave right you stay and help load load the truck and and you pick up the stuff it's it's a team this is a team effort that's great you got to support your your team members your other drivers you know cheering them on and like mike said we got a really good group of parents right now you know that'll go congratulate 
somebody else's kid. And they're other their kids, right? you know? Yep. So it's really good. And uh, the ones that are the most successful usually are the ones that want to come to the shop and want to learn about the cars and, and clean their car and do all the dirty work that most of the young kids don't want to do these I days. Just, I keep telling them, and we'll see if I'm correct about this, but I keep telling them to pick their tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, young people, pick your tribe. If you want to be a race car guy, That's good advice. be a race car guy. Mm-hmm. Like, live it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. go to the right. pit. Go to GoPro. Get with other race car guys. Do other, like, if you, you're, you're going to have to be in it. You, mm-hmm. you go mm-hmm. to Millbridge. Watch some racing out there. See Kyle Larson out there. Talk to him. See how he's doing. I mean, you know what I mean? Go. Yep. You're, you're going to be around. Then yep. you get a chance to meet. Some mm-hmm. of these people can't figure out how to get in. How to get in is by doing it, yeah. not talking about it, not on Go social. Not Ryan Vargas is a great it. example of that, man. He's everywhere. The right. kid goes all yeah. over with his friends to races, right. helps some spots, whatever he can do just to be a part of a team. That's any, right. Any of his buddies' teams or friends, whatever. Saturday night is there. I, I didn't tell Mike this. Uh, Saturday night, Ryan's always got a notebook with him wherever he goes. Saturday night, he was there, there helping, helping me. He gets up on top of the truck and makes notes where the fast cars are so when he he's driving for us so when he comes back he can open right. that notebook and say man you know, th- three yeah. weeks ago or the first race there wasn't no tops so i better get on the bottom you know or whatever right but uh when so, we we took him to test at new samarna i'll tell a quick little story about ryan uh we took him to test at new samarna so before he uh, tried out for the the rev racing uh program and when the other two kids, we had uh, Sean Bass is a good friend of ours. We had him test all of our cars that we took there because we'd never run a late mile stock at New Samara. While he was testing, Ryan Vargas gets on top of my hauler, opens his notebook out, and draws a picture of the racetrack mm-hmm. on, on his notebook. And he, we had like four or five kids there that day. The rest of them were on their cell phones on <laughs> Snapchat. Ryan Vargas <laughs> is on top of the hauler drawing the line in his notebook. Ryan Vargas was about three tenths faster than any. He was actually faster right. than the kid we you had test in the car. You can tell. And yeah. Boom! I called my friends over at Red Racing. I said, "This guy's the real deal. You need to give him an opportunity right. here." You know, you don't you don't see kids with that much interest. Yeah. So right. we stole sure. him back. Yeah, we stole him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks to Red Racing. Thanks, Mark Green. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it, Mark. A uh, couple people chiming in here. Uh, Kimberly uh, Brackett said that the child needs to have real talent and love for racing. Absolutely. Um, I what you just said. Oh, I'm sorry. It's got to be no, their no, passion. No, no, no. no it's got to be saying. their passion for sure. Everybody asks me. My daughter's four now. Are you gonna? Is she gonna race? Are you gonna race? I'm like, I don't know. Is she? It's up to her. Right. Because I'm not right. gonna do. I did it. I'm not gonna do. Yeah, I, I know, did it. Man. I know. I, and I showed mm-hmm. my cards. And yep. I, I'm so glad I did. Yeah. It was the best thing that ever happened for yep. me. I. I the kids got to want it. It taught me that. He's not me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? There, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's, it's 100% right. As bad right? as you wanted that to be. Uh, yeah, but I, the bad part was I didn't want it. That's what made yeah. me so damn right. I, yeah. But I had to, I felt like I had to give him the opportunity yep. to show me whether he wanted it or not. And that's the same way. I'm. That's exactly it, how I feel And about I, it. I did it. We had great times together doing it. I think he's too, I don't say it, he's too lazy to do it. Mm-hmm. He is. He's too lazy. He lives in a society that he, and I've made him some of that. Mm-hmm. He believes that in instant fulfillment that i should do some things but i will tell you the one thing that has helped me in my life with my son is dealing with some of these kids that have exuberant exuberant amounts of money and very little empathy or respect for anything else that goes on in this world to make that you work for them it has allowed me to see there is no way my I, i will do everything in my power to make my son not have that much entitlement that 
Lee Falk, even though you've won 250 races, my daddy pays you, yeah. so you're going to do That's the wrong answer, man. And, that ain't going to get you nowhere. And one problem that we got is everything has to happen so fast because everybody's got to be there so no young. No patience. Right. There's no patience. And you can't learn what you need to learn in the amount of time that you have to do it in anymore because when I was 13, 12, 14, first started racing late models, I missed tons of parties. I missed tons of activities right, sure. with my friends sure. because he was like, listen, dude, you're not going to race if you don't stay here with me and work on this car. And right. I hated it. I, did, I hated it. I didn't want to do it. Like I wasn't interested in working on cars at that time. I was interested in chasing girls and, sure. and hanging out with my buddies. Right. And he made me stay there, and I resented him at the time. But now that we're doing this, and we're if if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have been able to do what right, I'm doing now. Right. You know, and and but and the problem is, it's like you can't expect these kids. And this is some of the problems that he has a lot of times being that old school minded. Is he gets he yeah. gets mad at these kids, but they really. I mean, what can you do? I mean, you don't have 10, 12 years of experience to give them and them working on their cars because by then they're washed up. So it's like you got to go, go, go. And granted, a lot of them don't want to pay attention like they should, you know, but at at the same time, I kind of understand where they're coming from because of the generational thing and things are just a lot different. Um, I wish there was an answer in a way, if there was a way you could, you know, get these kids to learn that old school way. I think it would be way better drivers that you'd see on, on Saturday. Yeah, but I don't think old – the interesting part to me is I, I get torn about that too because I don't think that the guys that are winning cup races today are acting like the guys that won cup races oh, 10 or 12 not. years ago, right? So I, I find that to be – like I struggle with that personally mm-hmm. as to saying what should be done or what not. That's why I like to ask you mm-hmm. the question because I see so many – it's evolving so quickly – that I don't know what's right today might not be right tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's it's turning, right? Like 10 years ago, if you didn't know, if you were a driver and didn't know how to work on a car, you were a moron. Mm-hmm. Right? You right. you you were right. behind. Yeah. You, were, right. you, you were... Everybody. Right. Yeah. That's it. Now, no. And yeah. I'm not taking it away. But you got two comparisons. And, and it's funny you said that because I thought about that on the way up here. You got Ryan Blaney. Let's just use yes. Ryan Blaney. He was the perfect example. Engineer, <clears throat> Purdue. And, and can build a race car, build his own motor. He, he, his dad made him stay in the shop religiously, working on his own stuff. We watched him at Hickory Speedway in a, in a late model, super late model. And But you look at little William Byron, he can't change a spark plug, but yet he can drive the wheels off a car. Or Kyle right. Larson. Or you know. Kyle Larson. We, we had right. Kyle Larson at the Denny Hamlin years ago. We sure. Took, when we took Stenhouse and Larson and yep. all to the Hamlin, <clears throat> yeah, he was uh, he was forty degrees hot on the right rear tire and telling us to free it up. There you go, and, uh, for it. Yep. You know, I was like, well, what do you you know what do you think <laughs> about a stiffer right rear spring? He says, what do you? He goes, I don't know anything about a stiffer right rear spring. I don't care. Right. I just drive it. Right. He told me. Okay. I told him after the drivers meeting, we changed right rear spring, track bar up, left front spring, <laughs> take bar out of. I mean, I took a big swing. And I was telling him all this stuff as we were walking out of the driver's meeting. He said, Mr. Falk, stop. Just stop. He said, just tell me if, if you freed it up. <laughs> Is that all you did? He said, I don't, I don't, care don't know <laughs> anything you've told me. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's a modern-day cold trickle, basically. I mean, right. they just, that's, but right. there's nothing wrong with that. You obviously right. drive the hell out of it. He drove that thing sideways sure. for 50 laps. Right. He did. Right. He loved it. Uh, Scott Castle chiming in said that uh, he hates to see them show up, race, and be gone. They learn nothing, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. But I don't know how you hold them. Um, I tell you they one think thing. they got to go. Well, and PH, well, PH Road deal, 
that was kind of they honestly they got lucky finding us because they basically put their kid off on me i picked him up from the airport he was 10 years Mm -hmm. old i had to sign a waiver to go get him from the airport and he stayed at my house and he lived with me but they were smart because they knew his parents knew like all right you're going to learn this then we're going to inconvenience michael right but you're going to be in yeah and they didn't care every day. You know what I found funny? Look at Rafael Assard. Look at a lot of them kids. Rafael Assard was mowing grass mm-hmm. for <laughs> living in mm-hmm. one of David's employees' yep. basements, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Doing all, some really of them cool. kids, yeah. right? I mean, and they're embedded in the sport because they have long range maneuverability yep. instead of just oh, we came in, we paid Lee Falk, we don't have any money, now we're gone. We don't right. own anybody. We're out. We're back to Alaska or wherever right. we're from right. in our oil business. Yep. And they don't realize too that that really affects you know what, how, the way the team sees them and and the effort that the team puts in too as far as their crew chief and spotter because if you see your driver get out after the race and don't even they have a bad night and the next thing you know they're gone not even say goodbye that really leaves a bad taste in your mouth and how hard you're going to work to get this car better next week. You know the thing I love and I think about it often with you guys is the amount of money you turn through. That's, <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember one time last summer, uh, you guys got into an altercation. Somebody crashed one of your cars. I don't remember something. And the person came in here that you were involved in the altercation with them was like, I'm going to, I'm going to put them up on it. I, uh, we'll junk their deal. And I thought to myself, <laughs> listen, I see how much money they spend with me. <laughs> no, multiply that times eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Dude, you couldn't have the shocks rebuilt on this thing. Easy. <laughs> Right, like I don't think people understand that you take seven, eight cars, have all these mm-hmm. people that you're trying to work on a weekly basis, have hotel rooms, have I mean, that's it's seven 50, motors. It's right? fifty that's, grand a month overhead that's to I mean. run a late model program. I, uh, it's amazing, and people want to <clears throat> screw you around on paying you. Yeah, and I think that's like I, I, I don't, I find the math so it's it's so it's, out it's, of skew that yeah, I, I have I, a hard time rationalizing it. I can talk about that because I just left the CPA. Sure, sure. Uh, a lot of money has come through our hands. Sure. This has by far been our best year, 2018. Uh, and and me and Mike kind of get in an argument about it because at the end of the day, when the bottom line is, you know, everybody thinks that we make a ton of money. Oh, God, right. look at the big haulers, the cars, the fancy, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you guys something. <laughs> we go through a ton of money to make a minute amount of money right, at the right. end of the year. Right. We, we do if small somebody margins. doesn't screw you, it, yeah. or exactly. you don't have something. Remember a couple of years ago, you had that catastrophic mm-hmm. chassis failure, and right. it barely mm-hmm. broke even. Right. I mean, it's a uh, it's something we love to do. Obviously, I wake up every morning thinking how damn neat this really is to get to make a living with my son doing exactly what I want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Any many people can say that. There's um, nothing better in life than doing what you want exactly, to make money. No, nothing <laughs> exactly. Nothing better in life. Right. We talk okay. about this lately. I talk about this right. every day. Right. Yeah. I did a deal for Christian Ecke. We took, uh, I mean, Zane Smith, excuse me. We took Zane to the Derby, what, three or four years ago for yeah. Fury Race Cars. Mm-hmm. They hired us to do the deal. And I, I gave him a quote. You know, Michael figured it up, and I slid it over on the table. And and uh, Christian Ecke's dad is the one that was saying yay or nay. And, but, you know, he put the deal together. Sure. And and he slid that right back to me. And I thought, oh, hell, what did I do wrong? He slid it back. He said, Lee. He said, uh, that's that's not enough money. And I, that's the first time I'd ever, ever in my whole life charged somebody, and they told me I didn't charge them enough. And we thought it was high. Right. Like, yeah. We're like, man, these guys are going <laughs> to laugh tell us, us out of here. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, Michael said, we're going to shoot high, Dad. And I said, let's go. <laughs> right. And he slid it back over, and he said, Lee, that's not enough money. He said, let me teach you something right here about business. 
profit's not a bad word. Yep. <laughs> and I and right. I said, you're exactly right. He said, dude, he said, for what you guys do, he said, you guys, right. that's way too cheap. And uh, we just try to give everybody an honest, an honest price. We're not over. I know there's people out there who probably do it a little less than we do, but there's there's a ton of people that charge more than we do. Right. And I think with our program, you get, you know, you get more bang for your buck. And uh, we just put in a good day's effort and give it our best shot. Right. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, we run a lot of money through there. But <clears throat> at the end of the year, if you break even, you're doing good. And, you know, we we had a real good year last year and the year before. So when you have years like that, you expect to do more every year, and it's unrealistic. Right. So when you see, like, man, you know, I'll just, just say a million dollars. I mean, obviously, we didn't make a million dollars. But just say use that for a number. If you make a million dollars one year and then next year you're making 900000 you feel like you're a failure. Right. And it really took a lot of convincing from the CPA, like, dude, you're getting a paycheck. You're doing what you love to do. That's worth something, right? And then right. you can't expect to make a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars profit a year for the rest of your life. Like you're going to have some ups and downs, and you know it's right. just it's it's preparing for the valleys. And yeah, but and, I don't think people understand. You got one point seven five million invested to make eighty five thousand. Yeah. yeah, we've put I mean, every that makes, right. It makes <laughs> like people don't understand. That's what I want people to understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. When, before when you were you've built this thing this machine one to car this, at a time. right yep. like it hasn't always been this it's no it's, when, we, when we first started here 13 years ago we had one dually a wore out dually a <laughs> used used 28 foot enclosed trailer well used trailer and i'd bought a klb car from the guy that won the championship, Bumgarner. Bumgarner. Yeah. That yeah. was my first car. We went to the racetrack. We're like, what are we going to do? Well, let's just go buy the champion's car. So there we went out go. there on the last night, there and he won the race. Take like, we'll yep. take that one. So, awesome. And now we're up to eight cars and a, and a toter and an enclosed trailer and a 7,500 square foot. We we put every dime we make back in our business. And uh, obviously, you know. I never would have thought we'd had, you know, two full-time employees. That just blows my mind, being able to hire people other than just me and my dad because we've always done it right. on our own. So having Shady at the shop now, now Jake uh, works for us too, pretty much full time. You know, it's pretty cool to not have so much on you. I mean, it's still really we just fill it in with more more crap for them to do. Yeah, but, but Shady's been a first round draft pick too, right? I don't Shady's think there's a, first a lot round of people pick. that don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Shady, Shady ate a lot of crap for a long, long time. Oh yeah, right? and he still like does. That guy. He still does. But, yeah, but he's to the point now where after seven or eight years with you, right now you allow so, him to do a few little things. I no, find he does a great job. He won three races last year. Yeah, with he's the, the man. Pope, so right? He's a crew chief. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he came to our shop several years ago and walked in the door all dressed nice and clean cut looking and from NTI. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, yeah, but he would work. Uh, yeah, so he came in. He's like, "Hey, I don't need to make any money. I just right. want to learn." So you're hired. Grab a broom. Mm-hmm. So you know, he worked his way up from the bottom, and you know, he was there for a couple of years, not making hardly anything. And luckily, he was in a situation with his family. He was able to do that. But um, you know, now he's full time employee as a crew chief, and and's learned a lot and learned stuff on his own, not just from us. I mean, yep. he goes out and studies things on his own and comes up with stuff for me to look at and ideas that you know. I'm not normally thinking of, and and uh, he's been a great asset to the team too. Shady kind of pulled a quick one on us when he when <laughs> when I first got him in the shop. Uh, they send kids over to us all the time. We run through about thirty or forty a week, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when Shady comes over, uh, you know Michael had a he he brought his resume and gave it to Michael. I don't I don't look at resumes. I can I can tell five minutes if you're going to make it in my shop or not. So <clears throat> he. We all took a liking to him, you know, and he, like I said, he, his first jobs for the first year was cleaning, you know. That's he, it. He cleaned. Clean cleaned cars, cars clean, clean shop. shop. Clean cars, haul or shop. That's something we're, we're religiously sick about is our, our cars, truck, shop. Got to be clean. 
So, you know, Shady did that for a year and never, you know, never complained about nothing. Hardly made any money at all. And uh, I caught him one day fabbing a piece of something. I think it was radio. He was dough. welding. Wasn't he? No, he was practicing with the TIG welder. I mean, but he was <laughs> dropping dimes like Butler. I mean, <laughs> really? Like, yeah. And I said, uh, like, Shady, the? I said, uh, how about ducking this radiator and putting a bumper on and putting that nose on? Nah, nah, better not do that because I'm picky. I'm anal. You know me. No. Yeah, right. No. So <laughs> What in the? <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, here's the deal. Michael said, Dad, you know you know, he graduated top of his class in, in welding and fabrication, right? I said, are you kidding me? I didn't know that because I, I don't either. read the resumes. Right. You know, I just right. chunk them. No, I don't know. <laughs> so he, I come back, and it looked like me or Michael had mounted that nose, ducked the radiator, and I thought, well, you old shit. <laughs> right. you know? Holding so, out on you. So yeah. he's been holding out on So now he does, yeah, yeah, yeah he now does. he works He works his butt off. But mm-hmm. we're real real happy to have him, for mm-hmm. sure. Got a, got a bunch of uh, comments I want to catch up on here. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, because my phone died, so read them. Yeah, um, Stephen, and I'm know I'm going to butcher this last name. He's he's normally here in our uh, grandstands here. At, uh, oh, is that the one that works with Junior? Works with Josh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I ain't even going to try his name. Uh, you, he said you can see a difference uh, in the results of ones that go in the trailer and Snapchat and Instagram versus the ones that go in there and look at Race Monitor and even watch truck Xfinity Cup races mm-hmm. on downtime. Absolutely. He, he also said that William – Byron was uh, one of the one of those guys that would watch video and ask questions, go down in the corner and watch other cars run laps. Uh, Mike Bushy chiming in said that uh, uh, if his son doesn't work on his car, he's not working on it either. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin uh, Justin Posey said uh, this is the first time I've, I've I have heard Lee speak. I have seen uh, many so-called development programs. Some programs develop a driver. His program seems to be geared towards building racers, not drivers, which is uh, missing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. that. There you go. That guy's got a good – he does uh, some quarter midget stuff and oh, really? stuff from Indiana. He, he's, he's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, Kyle Manch also uh, commented. He said that uh, Lee and Michael's cars always look clean and professionally prepared week in and week out. True racers making things happen is what they're doing. Like them or hate them, this is what you got to do to compete at a high level. That's right. Yep. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, buddy. I don't know why we always get people that want to talk nice about all of the people that come on. Can we yeah. get somebody to slam somebody? Well, yeah, then when you talk to them on the phone, they want to, you know. True colors <laughs> I don't mind it though. I mean, I'm not. I'm not here to make friends. We bring our friends to the track with us, and we got a very small circle as it is. So it really don't bother me when people don't like me. Because I mean, a lot of people don't like Kyle Busch, but he's winning a lot of races. Yeah, that's that's true. Hundred percent. What do you got, Roger? We, what do we? Uh, where's where we go next here? I don't know. What do you what do you I don't think? Know. I don't know. Uh, let's uh, yeah. How much time we got? I feel like you can we do uh, we you have want. we have used up our two hours. Have we? we are at two hours and twenty minutes right it now. It feels like it. I ain't, I mean, I ain't paying by the minute, well, am I? We give you all the uncomfortable <laughs> chairs so you won't period. talk for too well, long. Well I've been squirming <laughs> for twenty minutes. I, I have seen you notice. Well we have video now uh, too. Reason to you know, so you guys have been on video tonight. You up for that enforcer debate and that was a mistake. I knew that was going. I'm a I'm a avid fan <laughs> well, of that thing. It, I hate to get started on it, but it, it was somewhere we needed to go. Sure, yeah, I mean, that was good. You mm-hmm. know, especially somebody who's got mm-hmm. the knowledge that I've you been do, in that thing know? since day one. And I and I and like I said, I'm I'm in it for the sport. I enjoy the right. sport. I grew up. I was at the racetrack when I was six weeks old, and I've been. I'm 62 years old, and I've been there every Saturday night. Uh, if the races, if the racetracks don't wake up and learn how to survive. 
right. uh, hell, we're not, none of us will have what a could, place to go. What could a racetrack do for Lee Falk racing that would be the most beneficial? But like, let's start to look at, we're apparently, I'm just trying to give more answers to, to get more people to find out more things that would be beneficial. So, you know, what does the promoter need to do to get Lee Falk racing to come to their track? What, what 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 can they do? What are the things? I mean, I know for a long time you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars testing at Hickory, you know, tires at Hickory, things things at Hickory because of of the proximity. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you and I have had our talks uh, about which ways to go, and and you going to South Carolina. And what, what is the thing that the racetrack can do to help you as a guy that runs rental car? kids mm-hmm. what can they do to help you the best the racetrack i mean i feel like if it, helping themselves helps us the most i mean if, if they can help themselves right. and keep and keep people coming to the racetracks and put more people in the stands to watch yeah but what makes you want to go there cheaper tire price is it because because you, your deal's kind of set right as you go mm-hmm. in so it's not a twenty dollar here thirty dollar there right we're not talking I'll about honest, scraps we, we're talking we, about big numbers we race where we like the people it doesn't. I don't right. care how much the tires are, how much the gas is, because it doesn't really matter like in our business. Answer. Yeah, I but like that answer. We race. We race with the people that we like to be around and people we like to do business with. Like and that, and that includes the racers too. Yeah, I like that. Answer. That's everybody, and I yeah. mean not just the promoters and 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 stuff like that. We honestly, we don't really have a bone to pick with any promoter. No, we don't. Right. Uh, logistically wise, obviously Hickory's the best place for us to go. Sure. sure. You know, hell, I'm sleeping in my own bed in 45 right. minutes. Right. Uh, I like the race. We're eating lobster at 10:30. <laughs> Clearly, you are. <laughs> Primer, I'll catch hell for that lobster. forever. It was good too, damn. Yeah, but uh, no, I just I love. We think the world of Steve at the beach. If the beach was closer, obviously we'd we'd probably right. run the beach a lot well, more. That, that's what makes people. I mean, y- y'all's mm-hmm. answer is perfect mm-hmm. because that's what every racer sure. down to the core. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, they all right. say, "Oh, I'm gonna go there for money." No, you're not. You're that's not. a lie because you're never gonna make enough to matter. No. Just like Lee McCall. He has a great, they go to the beach, they go out to the steakhouse. He loves it. Dinners and yep. with so I talked to him today, sure. yeah. almost it's, every Monday, right? It, it's the best part. Right. Other than winning the race, going out and the camaraderie with your team and your friends right. and your drivers and the families is the best part about it. So anytime you can go and have a good time and, and race at the same time, that's where I want to race. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I think you work so much during the week on this stuff, especially during the season, that you don't get a, really an opportunity to go out and do things after. So at least if you get someplace where there's things to do yeah. or other events where you'd like to get to, you can it's get actually, through. Actually, uh, Tanya was – we were talking to uh, Tanya McAllister and I were talking the other day. And I said, you know what, I'm 37. I want to run a full season of late model stocks one more time because I don't really get to do it that much. I race two sure. or three times a year, but not enough to be good at it. So I said, let's try to round up some money, and, and I want to run a full season in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, <laughs> Basically because, Good you know, you. I love going down there, and, and I want to run for a championship in Myrtle Beach before I quit completely driving at all and, and then fill in at Hickory and other places that I like to go to when we're not racing there. So, you know, and that's solely because, obviously, the track's awesome, and it's really racy, and it's it's right. great for people that have experience, um, you know, like I do, and are used to saving tires and things like that. But it's more so just the people in like the environment. I like anybody can win there, I think. Yeah. I really, yeah, yeah. I, I really believe that. I really believe that. Anybody can win there. If you play things out and strategy works out well and things, it doesn't matter. You can have 12,000 horsepower and no yep, one gives a matter. damn because you just don't burn your tires off. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it all goes back to some of the things that Langley has premised over that he would do as a promoter that would make the racing better. If you if you take it all away, then, then it's just the racing I think gets closer. all the promoters, you asked me a question, I, I think all the promoters need to get their head on straight 
and start trying to figure out how to save the racer some money. Yeah, absolutely. That that would help in the long you know in the long term of this whole program. Uh, and and it's tough. I'm telling you, I've promoted races in Florida. I I under, I've been on both sides of this fence. It's tough. Yeah. I get that, but there are ways for promotion of a racetrack. There are ways. I you know I've made a few comments to several friends of mine who own racetracks that some things I thought should be done. Right. Uh, that would help. Uh, well, I think one problem you have is, is that there's not very many promoters. They're all general managers or track owners. Or you're right. Yep. They're just there, yep. and, and they they want it. They love it. They just don't know how to promote. Right. It. And, and, and 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 some of that's been kind of thrown in their laps. Sure. You know. Anthony Anders is a perfect example. Uh, Kevin Piercy is a perfect example. Right. You know, he he had a business, a tire business there. Right. And when Sherry went away, and he was next in line to do that. Right. Uh, there is some things there at Hickory that could be worked on, just like there is at Anderson Every and Greenville. Just like there's a PRW. Right? Sure. There's things that can be worked sure. on. As much far. as you guys like uh, Myrtle Beach, there's probably things there sure. that could be worked on. Sure. I mean, they mm-hmm. don't get very many fans. No, I mean, that's one thing don't. that they really struggle and They did have a good crowd this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll give them 100% credit there. But yeah, they don't I mean, they're very fans. fortunate to have the, the driving experience uh, and, the, you know, the guy uh, that runs that whole program to be able to fund the racetrack because they do sometimes struggle with uh, people on the grandstands. For right. There's just so much to do in the beach. I mean, that's what I was one one of the reasons people go to the beach is because of the entertainment factor outside of the racetrack. Right, you can go right. off. You they can take do their family you want. with right. them. They're sure. there for a couple of days, and you know, they you also, truck and trailer. And and just like Pierce, Kevin Piercy does now, and everybody, I mean, they do a great job with concerts and Nopi Nationals and right. Bike Week and things like that. Right, that they're involved in that. It also supplements the income to where right they can afford to race. But and, you have to and, do that and let us do yeah. this and not make any to. money off of us. Yeah. So. Definitely. I mean, that, that facility, every one of these facilities can be used for more than mm-hmm. just sure. racing. Sure. So, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these racetracks are taking advantage of that these days. Mm-hmm. You know, Greenville Pickens, uh, you know, does the light show. I mean, yep. and that's really the only the reason light, that they sure. can afford to race. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, of course, Anthony could probably afford to keep it open if he desired to, period. Yeah. But, but I mean, a, that makes up for it. Yeah. You know, it as doesn't a, make very good business sense no. to, you know, keep something that's just losing as a, money. As a true 100% race fan, I absolutely hate crash aromas. Right hate them they're, yeah they're the worst thing in the world for a- any racetrack they right. tear up the racing facility right they make it look like a junkyard right and unfortunately the crazy ass fans that's all they want to see yeah. right. as a promoter i would as have a, one a month yeah yeah well, one, and, one and i would just fix and say that or no, more. I, right i would just fix and say that i hate it. i was there when that thing first his first inception of orlando speed world back in the 80s right with don narone i know how that whole thing started right. he was a circus Carney promoter which ruined a lot of racetracks but he brought that traveling circus we called it right hell i remember going to the first one and me and my wife we had to stand at defense (laughs) you know and and the promoter said lee you need to come bring you and your wife need to get up on top i'd never seen one i said no man i want to see this i want to see this a flying toilet goes by at 60 mile an hour. I took my wife and got it. Someone's going to die right here. Right? Right. But they packed the house at them things. And I right. get why the racetracks right. have them. And right. I, I hate them. They're just no, like they the tear the racetrack up. Races. You're right. All those them. things. Yep. yep. But people pay to see that. People like it. And for sure. And now in today's economy, you got to do anything you can do at a racetrack to make money. And I get that. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, racing was exciting to people back in the day before mm-hmm. there was a lot more to do. Sure. And now <clears throat> that uh, those, uh, you know, demolition derbies, crash aromas, whatever All you want to call them, is. They, yep. they bring the same level of excitement to mm-hmm. people today. Let's face it, going to a racetrack, people go to see a show. 
Absolutely. It's an entertainment business. Absolutely. Yeah, but so then that, that goes back to what I was saying initially was, so how do you tell me that, Langley and I talked about it there, and, and maybe you'd be great to wear into it, and I'm not trying to throw blows at Kevin, because I, I, I'm just really not. I'm not out to bash Hickory. I, I want Hickory to be successful, but, like, you watched that race. You competed in that race. There's nothing great about that. Well, I mean, yeah, but you got to give the guy a break. How many great races have we seen at Hickory over no, the last I'm few not, years? I'm not not giving him a It'll break. I'm just saying, how do we get it to where it's – is it that we need more cars? Is it that we don't have enough? Uh, wait, I, I don't know. This weekend, I don't know how um, – Hell, I thought we had a good car count. Myself. So did uh, I. It was a car, the car count was better than South Boston. I agree. Most, the limited in the late sure. And the show, I don't know what the – everybody that I've talked to except for one person told me it was a snoozer at South Boston, okay? And Hickory mm-hmm. was not a snoozer by no means. I, I agree. I went to crash. I mean, you had a great crash. He had a fight. This is the entertainment business. Sure. The, the racing business – the racing only matters to us. Yeah. The yeah. entertainment matters I agree. to the people that's I agree. buying tickets. I, and I agree with you. Yeah. And, I, and I lose that perspective a lot of time because that's why Bowman Gray is successful, mm-hmm. right? Not because we, – and we talk about that. That's Langley and I do festival, a lot. Yeah. Right, because it's what the people like, the mm-hmm. customer likes, not what what we as a racer want to see. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, i, I got to step up here. I mean, I was pretty impressed with Saturday Night at Hickory. i got to be honest 100%. with you. 100%. I mean, I sit there and froze my ass off to watch it the was second cold, race. wasn't it? The second late mile race when that inversion deal, I mean yeah. – I thought it was a hell of a hell of a deal. I mean, Roger might would know how good the racing if was he'd if he'd still there. there. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're never going to live care. that one down. Doesn't matter, dude. I watched a limited race. There was a crash on lap two, and Easy. then nothing happened after that. Right, but, hey, you two, but you you're going to have that from time to time. Two drivers in that race that had any experience whatsoever, and then you know, which yeah, it should have been a that, cool then because nobody had any experience, well, and they should have mm-hmm. been flipping well, them over. And they went ahead and got them all out of the way on lap one, cartwheeling them down the front stretch. Hey, my guy runs second. He'd never seen the place first time. So. Yeah, he did a good, good job. Good job. He did a good job. Mm-hmm. So we're going to throw him in the cars race this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you were complaining yeah, that you thought it was mind. a snoozer? Well, Come this yeah. week. Yeah, I'll be there this, this week. This week won't be a snoozer for yeah. sure. Yeah. Nah, they'll be a good, they'll this be, week, it'll be, be, be a good, good race. Group. He, everybody's been on it. Believe That'll me. be a good group. Kevin, Kevin's got his ass chewed out about this stuff since Saturday night. Right. I promise you it'll be taken care of. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Right. Uh, some of the comments coming in, uh, Robert Arch said uh, this one time he was running limited at Southern National. He got loose, took uh, took the right side off of Lee's car. Uh, he said his car was worse, but he went to apologize to you guys. Yeah, yeah Robert, he's a car, didn't he? <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would call him. Um, that was a great – that was well played. <laughs> uh, Joel Lineback uh, chiming in. His uh, son Nathan was here on the show with us this past weekend. He called today. He'll week. be here tomorrow. He said, uh, great show. Enjoying listening while working on Nathan uh, – working with Nathan to fix the car. Awesome. Of course, he was taken out in that uh, lap yep. one crash. Yep, yep. Uh, Corey Latham, who, uh, you know, was supposed to be here. You know, yep. of Is course, he part of this? He's, his car's broke down every 15 minutes. <laughs> Way to go, I, Corey. I don't know if Troy McCarty's listening or not. That's his mechanic, okay? Yeah. Bobby McCarty's dad well, is his mechanic. Just bragging about him the other oh, day. Oh yeah, man. Well, I don't know what Troy's doing, but quit sabotaging his car. Okay? Get that thing off the pull down unit. It's a street I car. I mean, wow. Uh, but uh, Corey said uh, he hates he's not there to run this off the rails. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's probably a good thing he's not here. Actually, yeah, he probably is. Uh, Thomas Bean says uh, he thought they were good races. Uh, Joel Linebuck said uh, that was one wreck Nathan uh, didn't get to stay out of, and you're right about that, Joel. He definitely didn't get to avoid that. Mm. Yep. It bad, happens. Bad break for him. Yeah, Speaking of Corey, the, yeah. is he the winner of the T-shirt? 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, we, we got to talk about this post. That yeah, you put okay. Up. So, <laughs> I, you know, I today with the Ben A frame uh, today on Facebook, <laughs> I wanted to do a thing of I want to see start seeing how many, what mangled up parts we can do every week. We get some of the weirdest things that happen inside this shop. So I want people. It's actually a lot of it really funny. So I want people on the outside to start hearing it. Right? Well, like you should put it on the performance center page. But you know, whatever. Well, the guy that does a lot of that for me is kind of lazy, so he, <laughs> he you know what I'm saying? Oh, so he doesn't, oh, it's hard for me to get, because I don't pay him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Right? Yeah. I pulled a friend card on that. Anyway, so I just can't figure out, I, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, if I didn't know this contest was going on, we could have won this hands down because one of our drivers' dads knocked the clip off of his Tahoe leaving the racetrack Saturday night. We have, oh. Coming into been, Hickory? Yeah, yeah leaving I, Hickory. We got, we got a picture of that, actually. Yeah. I, yes. I, I, yes. I just want people to post bent-up stuff, right? Let's see yeah. who's got the most bent-up stuff, and I'll give them a T-shirt every week, or we'll do something crazy, right, and start getting people laughing about their stuff being bent-up instead of everybody being pissed off. And Corey, Corey Lath. <laughs> takes this to a complete new level <laughs> and puts the most – I don't know how you put it in the uh, chat or yeah, something. I uh, but uh, – it, It's a – it's the worst picture I've ever seen. Lifetime. Oh. I threw up a little in my mouth. Oh God! <laughs> right. Jesus. And I've sent you some bad stuff. No, right. No doubt. <laughs> Let me see it. Uh, 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 Hold on. We're gonna put it in the in the uh, coverage here, but you can he can hand it to you and show you. I don't even know. Uh, how, I'm not that good. I don't know how to use. I gotta. It'll take me a minute to put it in. It is really bad. We got a lot of Austin McDaniel's parts were in it, and then. We, you know, some other people posted some other yeah, pictures. Speak, speaking, yeah, speaking it was of, going good. It was parts, it parts, was going racers, parts racers, going normal. And yeah. then boom, and damn. Then, <laughs> just, and then it got <laughs> off the rails in like a big hurry. Wow. Uh, it definitely uh, went off the rails uh, in a big hurry. Um, gosh. I'm going to start having to put a crash clause on my driver's de- parents. Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me that's not uh, that. That is the greatest picture I've ever seen. I think it's got 15 oh likes on it. Oh, he hit hard. Yeah, he did hit hard. That thing needs a rear clip. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I went with the gift. That was all I had after that. Oh. I didn't. I didn't know where. Oh my god. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> That's wrong, man. He puts a picture of Andy Markey up there. It looks like you know, <laughs> I'm just brutalized to death. Oh, god. Let me Poor see if guy. I can put this. Uh, put this image. I, in it's here. worth it. And uh, oh, the caption man. says, if you go to my Facebook and look on there, Corey Latham, the caption says it's the most wrecked and tore up thing anyone saw this oh weekend. And it's a, it's a picture. Oh, man. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Wow. Uh, kind of got out of control after the, that. What's the guy off the water boy? Y'all could have like prepared him? me for this so I could uh, have this screenshot ready to yeah, go. Yeah, that here. was good. Um, gosh. Yeah, that was <laughs> That was something. I don't know about good. That was the most tore up thing. That was good, that was good ex- memory. Exactly yeah. the uh, reaction I had. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I started uh, wheezing. I was, <laughs> I was, I got on the phone or did something and didn't oh get a chance to see God. it for a while. And then the next thing you know, it was all over. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, give me a second here and I'm going to put this. Uh, I got some, something I can fill some time Go with. Go ahead. We're not filling um, time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talk about uh, development drivers for, you know, or your programs for drivers and getting racers. What about somebody that wants to be a spotter or just mm-hmm. a crew chief? 
I mean, do you guys mm-hmm. offer anything like that for well, anybody mean, that somebody wants to be involved in racing, but not necessarily as a driver? Really, we do. And I mean, it kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit with we call him Shady. His name's Nick Hughes, but I mean, that's did he kinda, get the nickname uh, before or after? After <laughs> you want to know how it came about? Yeah, yes, right. yeah, we'd like. Yes, to know I that. do. But everybody out I'll there, finish, let me finish this question. Yeah, answer the question. I want to hear about Shady's nickname. Okay, yes. <laughs> I mean, and we do. Um, it's it's not for everybody though, because you know it takes couple years of doing stuff you don't want to do you, right. you're not going to come in here and be a crew chief like most kids think they are in six months and and start working on on stuff that's important i mean you're going to sweep and clean and you're going to be head to toe grease and work late hours and but if you've got the resiliency and the work ethic to hang with us and do that then we reward you by letting you move up the ladder and 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 obviously you know giving you higher <laughs> positions up but right. you know shady um his family owns a trash company up north and uh so when he came in and Told me he didn't need to make any money because uh, he had money to pay his bills. His parents paid his bills at the time, and his grandparents. And so I was like, "All right, cool." So when he worked there long enough, or we felt like he deserved to start making some money, uh, we started paying him. And I was like, you know, I was kind of testing him. I was like, "You know, dude, you should just not tell your parents that. Uh, oh, yeah. Not tell your parents that we're paying run you. Run that little scam. Double dip. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, "Hell yeah!" So you're shady as hell. I'm right. It. I knew he trapped him. <laughs> And, and he's only wow. about maybe 50, 75 lighter than you or Langley, right. either one. So, you know, that's where the slim wow. part obviously come into play. So I was just like, Slim Shady, that's your name, dude. That's that's what we're going to call you. Wow. And it's not because you're a good rapper. It's just wow. um, it's basically because and, – and he did that for like a month, and he, he has a conscience. So he, he wow. told his parents that they didn't need to help him anymore. Wow. That's awesome. Here, here is the uh, photo for everybody. I got uh, managed to get a screenshot up uh, for everybody to uh, take a look at here. It is, uh, it is our own Andy Marquis. I don't know where Corey found this <laughs> it's photo. It's the worst thing that got crashed all weekend, <laughs> but, right there. But, uh, but it definitely was not, uh, not a good one. Um, so, wow. That, uh, I can just imagine what Andy's saying right now. Uh, he'll probably be cussing me here. Oh, right? he already is. I'm sure. Um, um, Benny Benny Brazell uh, chimed in and said, "Is that Lee Falk or Greg Porter? I'm not sure what that means, but y'all maybe y'all do." Who's Greg Porter? I don't know. That's Randy Porter's cousin, the one owns the body shop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I- anyways, uh, David Moss, uh, going back to our conversation from earlier. Uh, let me change this picture back before we keep just talking. Somebody's gonna throw up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Or> sue you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hope nobody's Shut watching this, this going down, down the road. The FCC's coming in, taking <laughs> oh, over. Man. Um, yeah, we got to go, Dad. David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was leaving a while ago when he was talking about our CPA and IRS. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, David Moss uh, chiming in on the chat said that Hickory is one of his favorite racetracks. He'll drive three hours to watch racing at Hickory, no question. Um, of course, uh, Todd Ellington chiming in said Corey has to work. We, we've discussed that here on the show. He works? Know. Yeah, well, he's the only man I know that's got a job. So, oh. I mean, you I know. got confused. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what uh, Greg Marlowe is uh, referring to, but he said funny, true. Not that probably the picture of Andy. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> oh, that's definitely what he was referring <laughs> Corey, to. Corey or, said he just spit his beer in the floor. And I thought you did, he didn't drink during the week. But Greg apparently. could also be referring to the uh, the nightlife in Myrtle Beach. Uh, yeah, Greg knows He's all about the nightlife in Myrtle no, Beach. Let's not go down that. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's but hearsay. True also. That's hearsay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Nick Hughes 
Yeah. He says uh, that uh, just drive the bus over me. Why don't you? <laughs> beep 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 beep. beep. Yeah, um, I think his dad's probably watching the, the broadcast too. He, yeah, he right. pays attention. Uh, Resnick Bushy Racing chimed in, said, "Damn poor Andy." Oh, that, that's <laughs> and Corey said it's one of his profile pictures. So, oh, okay. I, I, don't, case, I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Game, yeah. yeah. Um, he yeah. put it out there. <laughs> Is he on Farmers.com? <laughs> oh, man, Farmers only. <laughs> FarmersOnly.com. They, they, they get mad at me because I call uh, him Mr. Bean. Mr. And everybody Bean, gets yeah. He looks just like that dude from Mr. Bean. Have you seen him? Yep. Look at him. Christ. I wish we could side-by-side side that. He looks wow. just like that guy from Mr. Bean. Oh, Jeez. my God. Mike Bushy said, oh, my God, the picture looks like he just farted and shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I should have read that one before I read that one out loud. That's all right. <laughs> oh man, we got a swear jar going. Wow. Yeah, Mike, you you owe us five dollars just just for the record there. So of course uh, Roger owes us about four hundred. So that's why we had to do the swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that's a, a good uh, point in which to uh, probably wrap yeah. this thing up. Yeah. Uh, anything uh, you guys were expecting us to talk about tonight that we really haven't covered? I didn't know what to expect, honestly. And, yeah, I didn't um, tell you anything. No, no. And I even told Roger the other day, I said, maybe we should, should stage some stuff. And he's like, yeah, we'll do that. And we just never got around to right. it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, right. We're not going to stage them. We'll catch yeah. you off guard. But Exactly. I think, um, it, I, okay. think, I think it's a pretty neat place to talk about stuff that doesn't get talked about in the racing right. community. And I appreciate you guys doing it. And uh, <clears throat> the guests you have on, I think you've had some really neat people on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's only just started. Oh, I now. think it's yeah. been a great start. Yeah, you guys have, mm-hmm. you guys we're have redoing really, uh, Performance Center totally. We're pulling all the parts out here. We're we're doing a bunch of things in the back. Yeah, we're supposed we're to make, have a studio back we're here. We're making in the a back studio here. in I the back. I hope you have a heater in it because I'm freezing my ass off. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I, listen, well, I hear the heat kicking on every we're now We're on and then. budget, man. Langley gets mad when I turn the heat up. He said he sweats. My, my yeah. bill just goes up on my car. <laughs> right. Langley. I haven't even made the bill <laughs> yeah. for that car my yet. My bill just yeah. goes up. Yep, right, right. So, you know, just thank you guys for having us on the show. Sure. And, uh, you know, I want to thank MPM Marketing, Harrington Race Engines, PRW Chassis. Um, you guys, you know. As long as we're doing this, we're going to be doing it with you. Um, you know, so just thank you for all that. Wiley X, the sponsor of ours, um, they hook us up with stuff. Thanks, thanks to them, and you know, everybody. I'm sure we forgot a couple people, but uh, we probably pay you, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> people need to come talk to you at the racetrack. You know, I mean, I think they should use you more as a resource. You know, um, we're all and honestly, dude, we help people that don't even. I know. You know, I don't care. I anybody know. and a lot of people don't know I just, that. We're just right? racers. Like, I mean. Well, you, you set the Holloman car or the Honeyman yeah. car kid car up this week, didn't you? Yeah. Well, the worst part is I probably <laughs> the worst part go. is way to go, Roger. Way <laughs> to go, Roger. You know, the worst well, part about we that is that I would have if if he had talked to me and asked me about it. What I don't wow. appreciate is people put my name on their shit when I had nothing to do with it and they don't make the race. Uh, oh my God. I had to. That was or too easy. take pictures of my car yeah, while that, it's at your that place. That was kind of bad. I did. Yeah. I got put in a weird situation right there, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really weird, but I had to. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't normally let tons of pictures go on inside Performance Center. You know, my guys give me a hard time anyway because I put some out there myself, but. No, he's Taking a, pictures of he's other people's kid. car. Yeah. Uh, he's claiming it is your own. Yeah. He is a good kid, <laughs> though. Really, and, uh, he honestly, is a good kid. Hey, I watched him Saturday night, and I thought he did a pretty sporty job. I actually no, saw he can drive. Yeah. the dad yeah. at the racetrack <laughs> seemed like he <laughs> was doing a great job, too. I, yeah. He wasn't. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing. They're doing a great job, yeah. but, you know, you just got to mind your Calm down, man. Calm down. I think he got into a Pelfrey or something, didn't he? I think Pelfrey, yeah. Pelfrey got under him a little bit there. Yeah, I think Pelfrey turned him into Two or three times, yeah. But, uh, hey, it's all good. The kid's doing a great job. We all had one thing we got to keep in mind, and we haven't really touched on this thing. 
the kids we got now today are 12 and 13 years old. Yeah, when right. I was 12 and 13 years old, I was at a racetrack, but I was in the damn grandstands watching. Right. You know, right. I was working. These mm-hmm. these kids, I'm telling you, they got so much talent today at 12 and 13. I mean, look at look at Painter's kid. Yep. Holy shit! Right, that kid's on right. He was in a quarter midget a few years ago. Yeah, he's pounding their eyes closed at mm-hmm. Hickory. Look there. at Taylor Gray. Yeah, exactly. Dude, right. I mean, that kid. Right. You know, he came from off the couch playing video games yep. to winning in his fourth fourth ever start in a stock car of, or anything yep. for that matter yep and both of them great kids you know are doing a great job oh yeah i mean those, those kids are going to be the real deal for sure oh jesus um where are you going this week langley well i, well, I would ask you where you're going this week but i'm going God to hickory knows you're not going to a race i'm going to hickory are you I actually going to stay for the whole I race i thought you said you didn't like the race in a hickory <laughs> i know but i have customers there so i gotta go no. mm. uh, come hang he out charges with me. me to go in it's terrible I got three three cars this week. <laughs> you don't you don't get a press charge, pass. He doing doesn't this charge show? Langley, so I'm going to start talking bad about Hickory every week <laughs> until I get <laughs> in get for free. Kevin, you better it's give me a pass. It's called leverage. <laughs> he tried to Kevin, give me one. Give him I'm pass. surprised he hasn't said anything because he tried to give me one this week and I told him I couldn't do it. I didn't want to take it. I've been trying to get a free pass there for the last 13 years. <laughs> How's that worked out for you? Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Hickory. How about you? Um. I'm going to Anderson Friday. Nice. And uh, I have no idea where I'm going Saturday. I'm either going to Kingsport or Greenville. When are we going to do that Kingsport show? We're going to do a show in Kingsport here well, pretty we soon, we were supposed right? to do it this week, and I fumbled the ball on that. So. Yeah, I just want to get that out there. Yeah, I, I know you did. I know you did. Hmm. That would have been a good one. Yeah. yeah I probably. can't wait to go up there. Them are great people. I mean, this was a great show. It was a good show. I mean, so, I mean. People, I, I, I like the people chiming in on the video. Yeah, yeah. Video wins, I told you. Yeah, I, well, I, I think having video is good. Uh, not having it on us is even better. Nobody wants to see I'm, us. Right. You definitely have a face for radio. So you're telling yeah. me I, we've been on video this whole, whole time? time yep. Yeah. I've been picking my nose That's and all okay. kinds of stuff. Nobody cares. <laughs> Should have given me a disclaimer. There was before. only two people watching. Okay. Doesn't matter. Actually, this this show's been uh, the viewers yeah, the have been pretty high, especially yep. when it? he started talking about engines. It, yeah, I bet. It started yeah. going up. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah it's good. I knew that touch. That's about how far back we are yep. uh, delayed, uh, so you can see. Oh, it, yeah. You know, that's that's pretty that's far. About, yeah, it's like a minute and yeah. 15 I'd seconds. I'd say it's probably longer than that. It's probably a good two minutes by now. Uh, so, Well, I appreciate you guys uh, hey, coming in for sure. appreciate you having us. Thank you. And, uh, yep. Doc, uh, everybody, thanks so much, man. Yeah, you guys enjoyed did a it. great job. This is really cool. Reach out in the chat. Some things maybe we can do different, some things you'd like to see, yeah. guests you'd like to have on. Drop yeah. us a comment down there. Thanks for think- thinking outside the box and doing something different that nobody's doing really right now mm-hmm. on this level. So yeah, I, from what Roger tells me, and it's going to be bigger and bigger. So that's yeah, cool. I, it's I, his money. Yeah. He's well, got tons of it, so yeah, exactly. burn it up. Right, exactly. He's ripping y'all off every week right, in here. So. Believe me. <laughs> I just, I <laughs> about to load one up on camera, right? right. Now. Oh, yeah. Turn the camera around. You don't around. even y'all have the right color skirt money. on the side uh, of it. it you just, can't see that just, side. Like, take it. Whatever you I give you is what you're getting. Take this. Pay me when you can. A lot of good races going on this weekend. Of course, Hickory, Car Store. Um, King Sports season opener, yep. Anderson season opener on Friday. Greenville Pickens, it'll be the first race of their combined uh, limited and late model <laughs> thing. And I know, you know, we're interested to see how that's going to go. Yes. What, do you, what do you guys uh, think about that? Um, about the combined deal? Yes. Yep. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, pretty much, I mean, a lot of places have already done it, haven't they? I mean, yeah. it's been something that's been kind of coming for a long time and it obviously increases the car count. And I, don't, I think it makes the racing better. Do you think it's coming to more places soon? 
I mean, I think I it's going to have to. Yeah. Right? Don't you? Yeah, for sure. I've been, I've been preaching mm-hmm. it for like six years. I mean, one late right. model class, I think, should be fine. I, I wouldn't have I mean, especially when we're a 450 carburetor away from making them all even, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not there's enough a... difference between the two classes. Right. Yeah. To, to For a fan to sit there and want to see two of the same kind of right. car. With you know, seven or eight sure. cars in each one. You know, if you had sure. a 16-car field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this weekend at Hickory, I mean, that was good. I mean, yeah. you had 18 yeah. and 13, I think. Right. And I they mean, can pull it off. And I, and I think they may be one of the ones that stick around the longest. But yeah. I don't know. meaning Greenville? We'll see. Greenville, huh? you're saying no, 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 no. He's talking Hickory about as far as like the two classes. Stay split. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think Greenville. I mean, I, I think it was. Uh, I, I do think it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction to the first race. Yeah, but you know what I find interesting? The feedback that I got have gotten from everybody has actually been truly positive to do right. it. Even the mm-hmm. the only thing that I heard was. Um, you know, the limited guys down there seem to race a little more aggressively than the late model stock car guys have here mm-hmm. in the past, and there was some concerns that, about that. But other than that, that was the only real detriment that I heard. But racing against those late model guys is going to make them better faster, so it's going to speed their learning curve up too. Oh, man, i, I got to bring up this comment about uh, <laughs> with Frank from Randy Weaver. Randy Weaver is the man. <laughs> I don't know if you all know Weaver. Uh, well, it who? depends on which one it is. Which Randy Weaver? Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's what he says <laughs> all the time. Uh, Randy Weaver said that uh, Kingsport, uh, oh. you need to, you need Melonhead as a guest. That that would be Nate Monteith, and he said if Is his he... ankle bracelet will pick up instead. Wow, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, he's a he's a big quarter midget guy now, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Oh, I think there's God. more to that. Maybe Langley yeah, should I'm give us some no. feedback oh, no. on oh, what no. he's talking about uh, on I, there. I don't have any idea. I mean, I guess he he got some new jewelry. I don't I don't really know. Hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what he's talking. I, about. I'm under. Maybe we should get. That don't uh, make him a bad guy. We should get Randy Weaver. Uh, I mean, the, uh, hey, Nate Monteith's one of my favorite uh, favorite drivers. He's right. always stirring up stuff. Yeah. So I mean, he's one of I my talked to Nate uh, a couple weeks ago. He's, he reached out to me about my daughter driving and offered his help for the quarter midget. I've never even met the guy. The guy yeah. sends me a message saying, "Hey, dude, I got you. If you want to come make some laps in my quarter midget, right? Come right. on, so, nice. It's good in my book. <laughs> yeah. Him and him and Randy don't get along from the Daniel Pope days. Right. When, Old uh, Randy was his crew chief. Okay. So. Different Randy Weaver than we know. Yeah. 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 Nate yeah. Monteith bought a, motor, a Ford motor for me a couple of years ago to go to Bristol. One of those junky motors. Yeah, one of those. No, I think it blew up. Motor. Yeah, I think it blew up too. No, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe I didn't have right. the updates. <laughs> <laughs> good, good one. Good one, there, right. Dad. All right, well, let's actually wrap this thing up. Cool. Right. We'll uh, we'll be somewhere this weekend covering the races, and uh, Doc's going to take us home. Early. Hello, hello. I must be going. Well, that'll wrap up tonight's show. I want to thank everybody for listening to Race 22 Radio. Keep us logged on to Race22.com for coverage of all your favorite late model stock car racing action, videos, podcasts, and much, much more. We'll be back broadcasting live around the globe next Monday at 6 p.m. from right here at Performance Center Racing Warehouse in beautiful Statesville, North Carolina. Until then, we'll see you at the races. Race 22 Radio is a presentation of Race 22 Productions. I'm telling you, I must be away.